the College of Hip Hop, the first and only entertainment education app found in the App Store out of a billion apps, brings this episode of Shop Talk Podcast to you this week. One of a kind resource guide with links to all information discussed in audio lessons. Download the College of Hip Hop app today, which is available across all platforms for free, to hear the exclusive seminar by No Malice, formerly of the clips entitled Lifestyles of an Artist. Now let's start the show. Pink suits with hats to match. Big cracker dolls and Cadillacs. You looking for the fattest sacks. This is where it's at. Windows tinted. Seats for lyric line. Keep the hands on the burner. Cause niggas know that it's money on the Johnson, aka the Tim Foyle Hat Titan, aka the conspiracy realist. A.K.A. the technology snob, Steve Jobs Jr., don't text me with your green bubbles. A.K.A. I only debate my equals, everybody else I teach. Also known as Juice, because all the hoes say, Jay, you ice. Young Caesar, because you know you can't roam without me. Mister, if you did it, I've done it before. I had it, got mad at it, don't want it no more. Should I go? Nah, I'm going to leave it at that. The best there is, the best there was. And the best there ever will be. I'm gonna try this new one out next week, though. Okay. I got a new one out. New next intros week. next week. I got a new one. I was next hoping week. that you was gonna do do, <laughs> yeah. do the symbol joint because they caught me off guard last week. And it's your man Dame going wild, the West Side landlord, pride of Puritan Avenue, the liquor store legend, corner store conquistador, a mogul in the making, a legend in training, and a modern day sex symbol. You're welcome. What up, though? Shop Talk Podcast. Welcome back. Episode number 59. Nah, I think you skipped. I think it's 58. Did we do 50? No, because 57 was Passenger 57. Maybe and this, this is. is 58. This is the next episode. supposed to be the, the Elvis Doomerville. That's the only person I could find that ever wore 58. Yeah, man. Uh, shout out to him. <laughs> uh, I don't know anything I, else. I'm the master of useless information. He yeah. played for the Broncos and I think now for the Ravens. Oh, well. Got a lot of sacks in college. With that, that last name, I thought I was thinking like ancient NFL. Like, you know, <laughs> Doomerville was like uh, leather, nah, he, leather helmets and shit. He's like still that. on the active NFL roster. Oh, well, shout out to him for real. Yeah. He probably got some Detroit hoes out here somewhere. Mm. Coming to town. Why wouldn't you? I mean, Detroit has the most beautiful women in the world. I I cannot I cannot disagree with that, and I, I mean, of course we biased, but like in real life, yeah, like I've traveled a lot of places, and I can firmly say that like I think Detroit has the best looking women in the world. For sure, give me a chick from Seven Mile with a twenty seven piece, real weave. real women too. Yeah, like not the like you can go mm-hmm. and get you can build a bit somewhere. That's probably sound insensitive. No, nah, but I mean. So let me, I mean, if we're going insensitive, like <laughs> a prototypical Detroit woman, oh man, has like a 32-inch. Well, well, be careful, all right, because <laughs> just be careful. 32-inch weave, lashes, uh, nails done, a boutique outfit, and nah, loves cash <laughs> No, I can't agree with that. <laughs> No, no, I can't agree Maybe with that's that. a stereotype. That's definitely that's a, a stereotype. stereotype I mean, that's not what I like, but that's that's probably no, that may be what you like. That was that was your uh, go-to. You know, thought ass day, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a point in my life where I was starting real hard. Them days are behind me. I got uh, an amazing woman in my life. So, oh, check you out. So, so the thoughting is 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 dead. But I'm okay. just saying, dang, go mild. That's okay. Nah, nah, this 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 still wild in the motherfucker. <laughs> uh, how was your week? Uh, man. My week was uh my week was pretty good, man. I just had a a, a nightmare weekend with this damn iPhone. You know, you know what? I am. 
Man, my shit went haywire, dog. Your, your your apple got frozen on you, like man, everything went wrong. You know, for a couple months now, dog, I've been dealing with some 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 weird shit with my phone. Like it'll start moving by itself. I'm talking about like moving through pages, texting people. Like it literally just start moving by itself. When I went took it in, they was like, ain't nothing wrong with it. I'm like, all right. But then this weekend, that bitch went crazy. I could, I ain't had, I have, I didn't have a phone like in the last day and a half. Shit is, it's unbearable. It is. It is. You'll find out how how uh, much your life is dependent on the phone when you don't have it. Right. I'm carrying around my iPad and laptop and shit. Now, iMessage is, is some dope shit because, like, no matter where I go, I can log into somebody's shit and I can still access and find all my stuff. But uh, shout out to Apple. They took care of me this morning. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, this is a Sunday edition of the episode. Yeah. Shout out to all y'all. I know y'all was probably waiting for this yesterday. And... It was worth the wait. Yeah, it's yeah, really it's, worth the wait. Yeah, we got a we got a dope ass guest falling through here. Absolutely. Uh, but shout out to Apple because they got me together this morning. Uh, I slid in there early on a Sunday morning, no appointment, and they took care of me, gave me a brand new phone. Shout so you skipped church for Apple? I haven't been to church in a while. Really? Yeah. We got to go to church one Sunday. I'm uh, okay. I know a pastor that wants to come on the podcast. We I know that's on. that's the same thing I said when he said. Oh, no, we to can come bring him on. Yeah. I think we need because I mean there's an episode we've been wanting to do for a while we just haven't done. I think it's gonna be multiple. Of, it's not gonna just be one that done. So bring them on. We can have a discussion. Yeah, yeah, it'll be dope. Yeah. Uh, let me see. What kind? What kind of music you listen to this week, man? Oh, my new music pick of the week. It comes straight from our homie Nina at Everyday Ignorance. Put okay. me up on some new music. Boss Lucci, Ray Junior, Neighborhood Superstars. Okay, I, I'm not fam- I've heard the name Boss Lucci. I'm not familiar. I know Ray you, Junior. You know though. Ray Junior. Yeah, dope ass song. It take a, a sample from that song Friends. How many of yeah, us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they flipped that shit. And it's my new ratchet anthem for the week. Ray Junior good for an anthem. Yo, Ray Junior is really underrated, I and he fucks paid. with and he fucks with Detroit. Yeah, so uh, I, I fucks with that. So uh, I've been taking. I've been listening to that Meek man. I ain't gave it a listen. I don't know how interested I am about. About Meek, no, because you because you jumped off the Meek. Nah, I was never. I tried a huge... to tell you a couple months ago, I maybe in a year ago. Like, listen, dog. Once they push the shit? button back on them, people will care. I was never. I'll be honest. I was never a huge Meek Mills fan from the this beginning. This project hard. In all the interviews he didn't did, he acted. He 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 didn't grow up. I don't know what happened, but he 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 on this shit right now. Why ain't Ross kind of st- like you don't see? It doesn't have that same Maybach music machine behind it that some of his other releases did. I think it just kind of came out real quiet. It wasn't a lot of fanfare behind it. No, he had two. He had he had two major singles. Though. Young Black America. That was the more like the street joint, but the uh, whatever you want joint with the Tony 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 sample. That's a hot fucking record. Dog. I'm not up on it. I haven't given Meek no listen. Rick Ross is in the news this week for making that comment about female rappers. Yeah. In so, terms of why he hasn't signed one at MMG, because he'd have to, you know, so, so, take so, him around the woodshed well, a couple well, times. Well, so let's let's talk about that because we got to unpack that a little bit because some people jumped out the window, and I can understand where they're coming from. But what Angela Yee initially asked him was like, "Hey, why haven't you ever signed any females to MMG?" And he was like, man, I always thought I'd end up messing around with him and, like, fucking the business up. You know what I'm saying? And that was the initial comment. And then I, it just looked like they started joking from there. And then he was like, man, I'm spending all this money on him. He doubled down on the original comment is what he did. Well, the original comment is just, like, is a, is a true statement. 
Like we seen what happened with Lauren Hill and Wyclef. They start messing around and then if business fucked up, not because like I'm just quote unquote running through, but whenever there's feelings involved and then the feelings stop, well, it's hard every, to go back to mute. Not you got every Irv. CEO does it to the female artist on the label. Well, let's say Tommy Matola and Mariah Carey, uh, J Lo did. Let's say Irv Gotti and um, Ashanti, Ashanti. Wyclef. And um, Lauren Hill, Big and Lil Kim, City High. I mean, that wasn't like um, City man, High. I'm just you gonna tell me Claudette Ortiz? She fuck around. She fuck with both the niggas that was in the group. That split them apart. Like they came out, they had great music. Like what I'm saying is, when let's you not jump out the window. I'm not gonna say City High had great music. I remember one song. So regardless if they got good music or not, that's the exact same example. Like they were a group, everything was fine. When feelings got involved, it fucked the business up. So, like, how, like, I don't understand the issue behind that. Now, the second portion of it, the joke, like, if I'm spending this much money, he said, I got to test that out. You know what I'm saying? So, people was like, well, he's saying that I'm entitled to it, and that's where everything went left. I just had a comment like this. So, everybody who had initial reaction saying, just because y'all work together don't mean this and this and that, y'all the same type that won't let your boyfriend have a female best friend why well because answer that question and then tell him he wrong in that initial statement because it's the exact same thing you already know say a female rapper right because the world is so fucking fucked up y'all won't get behind no ugly rapper an ugly female rapper she got to be fine as hell missy missy was never no fucking rapper you can consider the music that she makes hip-hop um but like you, if you're not like a fine as hell, you, if you ain't a fine ass singer or a fine ass rap, like, Neiman's not fucking with you, right? So you gotta be fine as hell. You gotta everything put together. And I'm sitting in a room with you, three, four o'clock in the morning, all these late nights and shit. We drinking and everything like that. Something is could, can possibly happen, right? Not saying that, you're, that you're, you're not entitled to it. Like, you don't have to do it unless you're, you're not signing a contract unless you have sex with me. Blah, blah, blah. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is things like that can happen. And that's the reason why a lot of women. Don't want they man hanging around other women in late night. I got a female best friend. Nothing that's been like my dog I since do I was too. sixteen. Nothing but has ever I has do. ever crossed those lines. I do too, but all of my lady friends ain't never they haven't always been okay with that. Like it's been issues. Well, I don't I don't like how. Oh you yeah, talk. it's definitely been issues in previous relationships for because me, right? they think that because you together so much, something gonna happen. So like for everybody to jump out the window, it's like. I can't believe that someone would think just because you're next to somebody, something happened. Everybody think that. Well, a lot of people think that way. It's not totally crazy. Now, the portion where he said, since I done spent all this money giving your hair done and everything, I got to test that out. If he trying to make the statement as in like, I got to test it out, now that's something totally different. You know what I'm saying? I can't, I can't support that part. Okay. But he could just be like, I got to test it out because, like, you may see – a nice young lady walked down like, man, I got to test that out. Not saying I got to, but it's like a figure of speech. Like, damn, man, I, I want to test it out versus yeah. I got to. So people took the literal word and they went, and I understand. They went wild with it. You know what I'm saying? And, like, they justify in their in their interpretation of it or whatever. But they, people di- different people have different interpretations of it. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. 
it was a lot of comments on on on, on a couple social, social media, media everybody has their own feelings everybody gets in their feelings about shit and everybody has an opinion and sometimes your opinion doesn't mean shit to nobody but you yeah because i mean everybody's opinion came through different things that they've experienced in their personal life so they take that into consideration and not necessarily what this person intended but whatever happened to you in the past i know this has happened to me so I'm assuming this is the exact same situation, and it's not always that way. Would you ever hit off a boss, a female boss, for a promotion or more money if you had the opportunity? Man, I've been waiting for a cold <laughs> 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 Like Mr. Johnson, <laughs> if you want this promotion, zip, <laughs> say no more. <laughs> I don't know. Dog. I'm talking shit. Like, I don't know. Okay. I'm, 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 I got a big ego. You know what I'm saying? That's a double meaning, lady. Anyway, but I got a, I got a big ego. So if I if I kind of feel like I wouldn't have got this shit unless this, I don't know if I can sit with myself. I would know? be comfortable with that. But I, you never know what I want to do. Hey but man, if she cold. I, I done gave away a lot of free penis in my life. <laughs> Only thing I got to show for it is a couple outfits, maybe now, some see, Nike boots. Now what if you a was watch a, it too? Now what if you were tracking to the person already and you would smash just without? So you mean I can get it and you gonna give me a promotion? Like this is. A, Two for one. It's a win-win. Double, daily double. Now, what if she like horrible? Oh, it. I almost said a name <laughs> that we both know. No, I was I was thinking a couple names. I almost said a first that and we've, last that name we've worked, that we've worked for. Yeah. How much money is it? I almost see the fourth letter of the alphabet. Oh man! What you think? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> if, if we talking about the same person, absolutely we not. We are talking about the same. All right, so there's a limit. Yeah. <laughs> That's a super inside joke. But, I mean, how many zeros does this check have? Six? Hey. Because I smoke a blunt and drink a fifth of Remy, and I, I mean, can I mean, for the right, make it go down. The right four digit. Uh, <laughs> right wow, four, Jay. No, what I'm just saying is. If somebody offered you $9,000 right now, $9,000 could be the difference between you and a better life. Yeah, but I could also <laughs> blow through $9,000 in less than a month. Oh, okay. Well, if you got one bill that's over <laughs> your head, it's, <laughs> take this $8,000. I mean, I, I, got a, I got a couple bills hanging out there that $9,000 can certainly is, resolve. How much is life-changing money? Because $9,000, even though it's a small amount, that could change somebody's life. Are you talking about my my life changing numbers? Got to be six digits, hundred thousand. So what? Tell me, eighty thousand dollars cash right now won't change your life? You're a goddamn lie. <laughs> it <laughs> You're would. A goddamn lie. <laughs> but I mean, you got to aim for what you want. I want a hundred thousand. Right. I, got I want a hundred thousand. But going back to what we initially talking about, I haven't given that meek much of a listen. I guess I'll fuck with it this week. Take uh, a listen, man. I it's might. pretty good, dog. I might. Whatever. Uh, what else popped off this week? Oh, Jay-Z padding these numbers on title. And, and it, I think I can reasonably say this was something that you were right about. Maybe, don't take my shot. I wanted to say <laughs> I just wanted to, like, push it under the rug. In this week's episode of Shit I Was Right About, I told you this nigga didn't go motherfucking platinum in that short-ass week on that limited-ass service. What's today today? Today is a, the 30th, July oh, my, 30th. My title subscription ended yesterday. Okay. Yeah, I'm not keeping that shit. But it's on Apple Music, so it right. doesn't matter. But, like, dog, I tried to use title for this whole month. This shit weak to me. I'm sorry. It just The interface is just not what's popping, dog. I, I can't. And if you listen to title, um, shout out to you. Uh, 
But I think y'all listened to it for the wrong reason. I mean, it was just a title exclusive at one point. Niggas so. be trying to hit me on some black power shit. Like, nigga, go look, go go look at title staff, because Jay Z and Beyonce the only black employees there. Like, don't don't try to appeal to my <laughs> like. Get the fuck. The out only of black employees there, man. Did you see the picture? I did see that one picture that you're talking about. Yeah. I'm sure it's somebody black in the mailroom. <laughs> in the middle, <laughs> but like, like, don't, don't, don't appeal to my don't, cause you know I'm all black everything. Yeah. All right, but don't. That's like that just seemed like you pandering to me when you when you try to hit me with that. Come with anything else, but don't hit me with that shit though. Yeah, Jay had us all fooled, but I mean, I don't even want to say he had us fooled. Like we knew the truth, we like, knew what it was. He didn't sell a million copies. Oh, fuck out of here. You th- He's probably went platinum now. Maybe. Mm. Eh. What does it even matter anymore? Though? Not at all. Uh, but uh, Kendrick Lamar, damn, this went double platinum. Went double platinum, and he bought out J. Cole at the Detroit show this week. Man, I, I didn't make any of those shows, but it was J. Cole and then Kendrick on back-to-back nights. Yeah. That's, that's a cold-ass night in the city. Two it nights. was. It was. I meant to – I kind of kicked around the idea of going to the Kendrick concert, but I'm not, I forget what happened. I didn't end up going. Uh, and then Kendrick bought out Chance in Chicago. Oh, word? Yeah. That's what's up. Chance is like one of our pictures on Snapchat. I mean, on, on Shop Talk. Shout out to Chance. Hell yeah. I didn't even have him tagged in it. That so. would be love if we could ever get Chance in here. Yeah. But nah, you, who I knows? Hope, I hope it's a real Chance account. Well, I'm just acting like it is. Cause. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. Yeah. You couldn't have told me at the beginning of the year we'd have got some of the guests that we've had in here already. So, I mean. For sure. Uh, we just I, put it out there in the universe. It's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, what else popped off? Oh, Donald Trump woke up who? in the. 45, my apologies. Oh. Woke up in the middle of the night, decided to get on his favorite free app, Twitter, and announced that transsexuals <laughs> would no longer be allowed to serve in his military in any capacity. No, 45 just woke up. Like, I feel like shooting from 40 right now. It's just through, like, one, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, apparently 15,000 of them in the military, who this is a very near and dear to their heart. But I couldn't care less before, during, or after this shit. Never thought about it. Didn't even care. Because guess what? I ain't fighting. <laughs> Nigga, you can fight if you want to. I'm not fighting. You want to hold an M16 in a skirt, pants, shorts, skorts, kulaks? I don't give a fuck. Do hey, whatever man, you do. I feel Live like your life. If you want to have the option to serve in the military, I feel like that's your right. Whether you are a man, woman, or somewhere in between the spectrum, if you feel like you want to serve in America's army, uh, I feel that's that's your just the army, the military, the armed forces all together. If you want to serve, that that's your right. And I think this is kind of wrong for him to take it away. Uh, we fight for equality, and we do, we do. And what? And I may not be a fan of the way that you live, and it may not work for me. But I mean, I don't want to stop who, nobody who fight from, for equality. When you say we, I want, that's why I made the face. Who was oh. we? Well, I wanted to say America, but. Oh, because that's why uh, I was like. Now you want to say we as in us collectively, black folks. <laughs> let, like, me, <laughs> let me hit the bell on that one. I, I, I like, might be wrong there. Who was we? Shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ideally, we should be fighting for equality. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what the, the, the quote unquote um, constitution and all that stuff and Bill of Rights, all that shit was supposed yeah, in, to be about In a perfect equality. world. Uh, Donald 45 slogan was to make America great again, and it still ain't great yet. Did you see the comments he made about the police? Uh, encouraging police brutality? Shit, if wow. you got If you got to knock the head instead of putting it down when you Look, get them in dog. the back, if Look. you smack the head in the back of the car, this I'm not I, with this that what, shit. This is what I would give Trump. 
I mean, 45 right now. He looking out for his son right now. His son been going through it this week and last week because all these Russia talks and all these hacks and everything, it's been getting to him, right? And all the AIDS. Matter of fact, he and they even uh, got Sean out of here too. Sean Spicer, wasn't that? Yeah, name? yeah. Spicy got got gone. So now they got an, um, another guy in there. But the heat was piling up, and he like, let me get this heat off my son. Let me just start throwing hot takes out here, like, cause it's definitely a distraction. No one, nobody having conversation. He talking about I talked to my generals and my stuff like that. So they was um, I forget which one of those talking head pundit shows I was watching, and they had a couple of them on there. It was like we've never discussed this. This was not on the agenda. They looking like I don't know what he talking about. He just he, he just ta- woke up and made a decision. He was like, damn, that didn't like that 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 lasted twenty four hours, twenty four thirty six hours. Let me say some shit about the blacks, uh, essentially. That whole police brutality thing is some bullshit. I'm not with it. Look, this is what I want to say about 45, and I don't care what your political stance is. He's only been in office, what, like six, seven months now? It feels like he's been there a fucking eternity. I don't care if you voted for him. That's that's your, that's your fucking right. But if you can look yourself in the mirror, look yourself in the face, and honestly tell yourself that he's done a good job since he's been in there, you're a fucking liar. You see, uh, you a de- you a goddamn lie. <laughs> you a damn ass lie, and the truth ain't in you. <laughs> a damn ass lie. Yeah, uh, that's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> that's like some shit your your old man said. Yeah, yeah, damn, you a damn ass lie. But uh, you see, um, Caitlyn Jenner, aka Bruce, Caitlyn, mm. uh, he came out was came out. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> he came out making comments about uh about Donald Trump and everything. Like, bitch, you voted for him though. Like, you don't get to do. See, this is what I'm talking about. When, last year, we talked about this voting shit, and they was always talking about if you don't vote, you don't have a right to complain. I feel the exact opposite. If you voted for this shit and you got what you wanted, and some fucked up shit happened, you don't got the right to complain. I set this shit out because I think both of y'all on some fuck shit and it's going to be horrible either way. But if you voted for something and then got what you voted for, you the one that can't complain, not the nigga who said, I don't agree with this shit. We all got the wool. Well, I won't say we got the wool pulled over our eyes, but even if you voted for this, you could have never thought it was going to end up how I did. The nigga was the celebrity apprentice guy. Dog. I mean, I'm saying you got to have a side hustle. Seven Jesus streams of income. Uh, and then 45 got out there this week and said Obamacare had been in existence for 17 years and for they the were past. trying to appeal, <laughs> repeal it. For the past it. 17 years. Mm. Like, no, who writing these speeches for him? He, he's not. He gets, he gets a stack of index cards, skims them, throws them out the window. I'm somebody, a freestylist. Somebody give him somebody give him a, a, a iPhone with some Twitter, uh, tweets that they didn't, they didn't heart or liked. And he goes through the ones and reads them and retweets them. Like, come on, dog. You know what's so funny? His new uh, White House press secretary mm-hmm. is not a Trump supporter. I saw that. I he saw was that. going he hard was in the paint a few years him, ago. But yeah. now he towing the company line. Uh, it got to be hard when this video proof of you talking about this man not going to be president. If he's going, he he was going hard on him. They'll put a spin on it. He had, he had a conversation with Trump. He had a change of heart. Doesn't feel that way anymore, and now you know, less he's full. Make America great again. I'm yeah, waiting no. for it to be great. That shit I'm crazy. just waiting for to hell with it being great. I'm waiting for it to be fair. I found I was taking my my son to school the other day, and I heard, overheard my neighbor like we share, you know, just my my lawn and her mm-hmm. driveway's next door, and I overheard her tell her son not to wear his hoodie when he took the bus home. 
because it was going to be later at night. And, I mean, he's about my son's age. he got to be like 14, 15. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality that, that he lives in. That granted, And it was like kind of a chilly day. One of those days this week when it was a little cold. He wanted to use a hood for what a hood is actually intended for. Yeah, but his mom telling him, you know, you're going to be getting off the bus, you know, 5, 30, 6 o'clock at night. Don't have your hood on when you're walking home. Like that's yeah, that, that's the world that we live in. Yeah, man. Young black America. Mm. Shout out to me. Uh, what else popped off this week? Uh, John McCain came back from the dead to try and help repeal Obamacare. He need to go back from whence he came. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the hospital for what? A brain brain aneurysm? Brain yeah, tumor? Them shits ain't no joke. But, no. Um, you know what's so funny, man? It's how easily manipulated we are. You see, the, so when he was, we found out he was going through some stuff, Obama had sent out a nice tweet, you know what I'm saying? And then they put like a video. Obama's always classy. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about, because he, he definitely is. Always. So they put out a tweet, and then they put like a little video montage of uh, of John McCain like taking up for Obama. And then all, on my black Twitter uh, time feed, they was retweeting, retweeting this, you know John McCain wasn't that bad of a guy. You know, like, wait a minute, dog. Nah. You, what? Like, Are we talking about oh, the same John McCain that ran with Sarah Palin? <laughs> I'm like, hold on, fam. Like, no, all it took was a retweet, and now y'all changing y'all. St- oh, the man's sick. Here goes this 14-second video clip of him saying something halfway decent about Obama, and now he one of y'all favorite people. I'm not buying it. Get the fuck out of here, dog. I, man, get down. You can't retweet history. And there's a lot of video that proves John McCain wouldn't have been on your side had he had been president. Not Maybe shit would have started a little bit sooner. Yeah, dog, that shit just it just it's crazy to me how um I mean our, our 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 attention spans are so short that we really forget what happened just four years ago or eight years ago. Like dog, this not wasn't that long ago, fam. No, no, it wasn't. But you know, a couple retweets and a sad music backdrop, man. I mean, you can you can almost scrub your image clean. I mean, I got a homeboy of mine speaking of scrubbing images clean. I'm not gonna throw his name out there. He was running for city office, and. Before he decided to run for city office, like we used to go out on the weekends and I mean, get sh- like how yeah, drunk yeah. we was at the live podcast <laughs> yeah. was like how we started Fridays. Okay. So, I mean, we would go out and get sauce bottom drunk and there was pictures of us everywhere and of him drunk, passed out, yeah, sleep yeah. at the bar, stuff like that. Then all of a sudden he started kind of changing his Facebook page. You had to, he I had def- to have approval to post things. I definitely did that for for that you know when we was working at. I went and untagged myself from everybody pictures. Yeah, um, I, I I could hey I had to distance myself. So I mean, you try and scrub your image clean when it's when it's convenient for you. But I know you're drunk. But and I know if I show up at your house with a bottle of Bacardi, once it's online, you can't never get rid of that shit. Nah, you can't. I got a a, a B six thirteen size file of a shit. That I will never forget. I got like a, a hidden stash of screenshots and old shit. It's called a never forget file. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I'm not bullshitting. You got to go through it every now and again I, I to got remember a never what forget you were. File. So some of the homies and shit in this, this giant group thread, whenever they talk about, they were like, "Hey, Jay John, look in the never forget file and go find me that such." It's a file. You niggas not low. You're the terrible friend. No, I'm just saying niggas not low. It, it can get quiet out here for y'all. Yeah. It can get quiet out here. Um, you know, last couple of weeks, man, and this is uh, 100% my own fault, uh, we've been forgetting, I've been forgetting, who mans is this? 
Yeah, because we had a good. We've actually lab. we've actually been having them, right? Yeah, and then we'll, <laughs> every week that you've forgotten it, we discussed it. Like, oh, he's getting the who's man's, yeah. this, but it didn't happen. But this week, yeah, this week we got a great two great candidates, two great candidates for whose man's is this? Um, what's the dude name? Let me find his name first. I want to give him all the disrespect he needs. Uh, all the, the the football players. Yeah, the 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 young lady. <laughs> I'm gonna call him a young lady who was slapped in the face by uh, Draymond Green. Um, he gets he got an attorney, uh, Jermaine Edmondson, former football player from Michigan State. Or is he still on the roster? I, he's an ex MSU uh, defensive back. Okay. Um, he said that. He wakes up crying in the middle of the night when he thinks about Draymond pimp slapping him. He he thinks about I'm a, let me run boy this. if you don't stop. Let me run this audio <laughs> right quick. I think about what happened with Draymond every day. I still feel his hand on my on my jaw. There are nights when I wake up crying. I don't understand why my name has been turned into this joke. And he gets all the credit for being a superstar and standing up for women. Dog, if you don't get the fuck out of here, dog. <laughs> like, if come you, on. I, I, still have, I still think about him, his hand hitting my face, my jaw. That's what he's. Now, who man's is this, dog? Man, Draymond probably had a little bit too much Hennessy that night. Went upside your shit. You no, know I how think, shit get at the bar. No, I think and now they was walking in. He was completely sober, but he was acting. He was acting like that. That's how. He, did you see the picture of his girlfriend to the side? Yeah, she's looking. She's kind of cold, but she she's also kinda, looking disappointed. Shout out uh, to old girl if she want a real nigga. But Ooh. I mean, she waiting on that check too for sure. Because Draymond gonna have to open up that checkbook would just you, a little bit. Would you Would you do this in public for the check? If admit, it was like admit to another man smacking me, and you waking up in the middle, like what? What oh, is man. this too much? If, even if you said it, you said a hundred thousand, right? <laughs> I, I knew you was gonna bring that up for a hundred thousand. Could you get up there oh, in front man. of the country, in front of your kids, and say not for a hundred thousand? A man slapped not you for a hundred thousand. We gotta put some M's behind it before you get the tears out of me for getting smacked. Yeah. But let me tell you something: whether it's Draymond, Terrell, Malik. A grown man slapped me in the club. It's not going to be me crying on TV. It's going to be a fight and a possible shooting. Like, you're just not going to smack be, me. It be cry, you be crying in the courtroom on Monday yeah. morning. <laughs> like, you're out. Please, you're out. Don't send me to jail forever. <laughs> but no, out. it ain't going to be me crying in front of a uh, in front of a, in front of an audience at a press conference. That's that's not how the story is going to end. Yeah. So that's that's the one who mans is this because I really need to know like candidate A who is who who man is this though like if that's your man's like I'm clowning you for hanging out with this nigga like in real life that's that's definitely it all right man so this next one I want to be a little bit careful you know because uh, it's local so I want to run I don't, I don't want to run into one of these niggas in real life you know what I'm saying uh, but we both carry so I mean. I know, I ain't, that's, 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 <laughs> Get refunded back to Jesus if you want to. So, y'all probably seen all this shit. This shit went viral, man. And, um, so, this internet prank shit is going too far. We're a prank away from seeing somebody die. We almost just seen somebody die in this, this, this little video. So, uh, there's somebody who goes into, um, a little Caesars in the city of Detroit with no shirt on, holding, um, what appears to be a gas can. Now, that is a gas can. I know. Now, just, we don't know what the fuck is in it, but it's definitely a gas can. He walks in holding a gas can, 
the the place is f- full of women and children, women, men, women and children, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs, "Oh, y- y'all think I'm playing?" And then he proceeds to pour what would appear to be gasoline all over his body. Uh, and then someone quickly ups the pistol. <laughs> like, nigga, you trying to kill us all. Like, what the fuck is you doing, dog? Like, so he pulls up the pistol, and, you know, my man, you know, he starts to beg and plead for his life, uh, as you should. Um, but I'm thinking, like, why, why why, was this a good idea? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not. So that was the first one. I'm like, all right, cool. I, I, I. And shout out to the holder of that pistol, because the great thing about living in Detroit, Michigan, is that you can carry you're 18 years of age. You can Absolutely. go get you a license to carry, and you can pull that motherfucker and use it if you need to. So shout out for my mans for having a pistol and neutralizing the situation. For sure. I mean, eight times out of ten, I probably would have shot him. Like, I'm some real-life shit. Like, dog, at this particular point, I'm trapped in an enclosed space. You have a gas can, and you dousing the bug on yourself. And there's a bunch of women and children in here. Now, you about to kill us all. Like I'm, I am literally in fear of my life. I would shoot you and then go home. I'd probably stick around a little bit for the police to get there because you know they tell you in the CCW class you're going to jail. Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm definitely going to jail because I'm not going to talk to the police. So I'm gonna chill until my lawyer get there. But I'm going home within 72 hours. Okay, you know what I'm saying. But this is a situation where I would literally fear for my life. That's just, I mean, you got a gas can, you dousing yourself. So that's the first one. All right, boom. It's not funny to me, but okay, whatever. So then I see another one. Young man walks into Target doing the same shit. Douse himself with the gasoline and shit. And, and Target, I mean, you got all these different people in here. Like, now you're inciting terror. Like, you are literally inciting a damn near a riot and shit. And people running all the way. Oh, they screaming and everything. All right, damn, that's the second time. And then I see a third video where you downtown and Campus Marshes Park in a little sandlot or whatever, and you do the same thing, and then people scattering. This one lady holding her baby and shit. She running. Running like, through the sand and concrete holding a, holding a, a toddler. Is, yeah, like, come on, dog. Like, all because you want to be funny. Be viral. Be, be, be a viral funny. sensation. Like, I don't know what kind of paycheck comes attached to this. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I assume it's worth it, right? Because I, I don't understand. But, like, you know they say that you can't literally can't yell fire in a, in a packed theater. Like, that's literally a crime because you're going to make people start running and trampling. Like, how how is it possible for you just to keep doing this shit? Like, somebody going to get hurt. Either you going to get hurt. And that's the thing that is always funny until somebody does get hurt. Yeah. And we are, like I said, one prank away from seeing somebody get seriously hurt, injured, or get so killed. when I say who mans is this, like, who mans is this, and why aren't y'all? Why y'all say this wasn't a, this? Y'all don't think this going too far? Now, one little video there earlier this week, they were playing basketball on Eight Mile and Grass shit, literally in the middle of the street. It's not the greatest idea, but I saw the humor in that. That shit was okay, and it's not a good idea because Detroit isn't really known for being like cautious and gracious yeah. drivers. Like you can get mowed down on Eight and Grass. I can see the the uh, the sheer absurdity in that. I can understand why people would find that funny. It's not a great idea. I'm not doing it, and I probably will keep going, but. I understand that, but these three dog, like you really are in. Like, what's the difference between you and somebody who's just trying to go out there and and and, and, and put terror out? Like you fuck you around here to charge. Inciting a riot. Who man is this? It's somebody who listening. Y'all know him. Like Eastside Ivor was in one of them videos. Like all of them, kind of, sort of. 
allegedly. Well, his name is tagged in all the I damn mean, he, videos. He watermarking for us, but like in the um, Little Caesars joint, he was actually he was inside it. of the Little Caesars. So. Like somebody just pulled him to the side a little bit. Like, hey man, this is probably not the, the the best thing to do because some like somebody's going somebody's going to get hurt. And, and then when it's over, like, he, oh, it was a joke. Well, damn, nigga, I, I fell while I was holding my baby, and now my baby's fucked up. Now what? Well, or what? you you do that shit, nigga, just pull out and shoot you. Now I gotta go through. Now I gotta get a lawyer. <laughs> like, yeah, because in the Little Caesars, when when my man doused himself with more than likely water or apple juice inside of Little Caesars, yeah. and my man pulled a pistol on him, he would have been well within his rights. Had he has shot you dead in defense of himself in defense of others. That's classic. Like, boom. Not, not, not. I'm not saying that because I want that to happen to the young man. Because I don't. But like, we gotta, we gotta be a little bit smarter with that. All I'm man. just saying is that, and, and maybe this is the old head and me talking, young brothers. Like, we get the humor that you want to be a viral sensation. You may be a local hood comedian. You think you think your shit is funny. There are other avenues to go through besides putting yourself and putting other people in danger. We all, I'm all down for a good laugh. I love it. Yeah. But not not at that expense and not to that extreme. Maybe th- this is just an old nigga in me, but I'm telling you, <laughs> what you don't want to do is be in the wrong place at the wrong time with somebody who doesn't think that shit is funny. At the end of the day, dog, I need to get back to my home and my family. And that's what's paramount to me. And if there's something that's going to stop me from getting back to my home, my family, it got to go before I got to go. Yeah. Like, let's just say in real life, you walk into a situation and somebody starts dousing themselves with gasoline. Nigga, you got to go, fam. You don't care about yourself. You don't care about nobody else. You got to go. And if I can't easily escape, guess what? <laughs> I got to eliminate the threat. Yeah. I'm going to try to retreat. My first option is to retreat. That's what you should do. Your first option is to retreat. But, like, if I'm if I'm not in the position to retreat, you got to go, man. I got to yeah. make a home to my family. Sometimes murder is the only option. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout mean, out to them, man. I mean, I hope they got what they was looking for out of that, man. I mean, it definitely went viral. They got attention. It definitely went viral. I mean. It was on the news this week. I mean, it's it's definitely creative. However, you know. I saw a prank where there's one gentleman, he appears to be like of Amer- uh, of Arabic descent, mm-hmm. uh, and he's got the head wrap on, the full, oh. the full deal, and he has like this- A bag. Uh, a bag, and he throws the bag <laughs> and runs. I've seen those, and I have laughed. <laughs> I've laughed. And I mean, it's, it's damn near the same thing. It is. It's damn near the same thing, hey, but <laughs> <laughs> like he'll come and he'll start singing like, "Oh, this fucked up. This is so hypocritical of myself right now." But I mean, it's it's it is the same thing. <laughs> like it's what's what's funny is the people's reaction when they get the fuck out of there because they like see the nigga coming and he starts singing, like, da, 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 and then they just be out. Like, uh, I guess seeing people run for their life, is <laughs> like, shit. Who I'm, is this? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, let's, I got to give myself. <laughs> let's not point the finger at judgment so quickly. Uh, just stop the shit. Yeah, That's all I'm just, saying. Just chill out with these pranks, dog. Boy, y'all niggas going to get hurt, dog. Just stop it. Uh, I mentioned before we came on the air, 
uh, I wanted to share a special story time with Dame. For y- for you all that listen to the show, you understand that I am a father. Mm-hmm. And today is my my son's birthday. My uh, my little guy Aiden turns double digits. Ten years old today. That's uh, what's up. And crazy story time with Dame because uh, me and his mother were talking this morning about what we're going to do for his birthday or whatever, and he hit me up. You at 73%, bro. I'm about to record. Dude. Oh, man, you're you making me come off the charge, and you at 73%. <laughs> I'm about to record a video, you know what I'm saying? I mean, but that's, so that's how niggas do. Yeah. That's how niggas do. Like, I judge the importance of your charge <laughs> based on where I'm at. It's going to take a good 60% of it. All right. But, Sorry uh, about that. <laughs> So oh, so anyway, today is my son's 10th birthday, and, you know, he. I was talking to his mother earlier, just trying to make arrangements for my kids today and figuring out what we were going to do, and me and her shared, like, a laugh, because when my son was born, he was born on a Monday, July 30th, 07, and uh, remember MTV Jams used to have the jam of the week yeah. every week? This week's jam, or that the day my son was born, that week's jam was 50 Cent, I Get Money. Mm-hmm. I had never heard it before, never seen the video before. I'm up 5.30 in the morning because I'm just getting myself and the kids together for our regular routine. And I turn on the TV and I vaguely hear it. So I turn it up mm-hmm. enough to disturb my ex-wife at the time and make her wake up, which she was not pleased about. But I'm banging I get money at 530 in the morning. She is complaining about her stomach hurting. Now, for those of you that have never had a child before or your significant other is pregnant, there are fake contractions. (laughs) And then you know when the game is, like, really starting. So I'm thinking it's faking because it's 530 and I'm listening to 50 Cent and I'm not really into what the fuck she's saying. Right, right. But it's it's game time. Game time. Yeah, it's game time. So I, you know, do my shower thing, get my other kids together, and we get out the house. We rush over to Providence. And you went to take a shower while she having a contraction? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I took a shower. <laughs> I mean, just, just put the sneaks on, man. Get the fuck out of there. I, I want to be clean. <laughs> Jesus I took, Christ. I took a shower. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, my parents still stay too far from me, so we, I drop my other two kids off. My parents, I take her to Providence, and while we're in the hospital, the doctor meets us there, comes to check in on my ex-wife. Doctor leaves out for a couple minutes, and then about f- less than five minutes later, a doctor and a team of nurses come in, unplug everything, and rush my ex-wife out. Mm-hmm. Don't say shit to me. The doctor comes back maybe about 15 minutes later, they sent another doctor in to tell me that the cord was wrapped around my baby boy neck and we were about to lose him. So now I'm I'm in the room by myself just sweating because I'm nervous as fuck. Like, what's going on? Half hour later, a nurse rolls in, a clean-ass child with a hat on, swaddled. He chilling, not making a sound. She checks our little ID bracelet and dips out. And I'm thinking, like, oh, I guess... You're my son. Like, what's up? Nice to meet you. Mm. And my baby boy came into the world on 10. He lives his life on 10. And now he is 10 years old today. Aiden, your old man loves you. Last year for his birthday, he asked me for two things, a Nerf gun and new 2 chains mixtape because my son loves 2 chains. Uh I didn't get the Nerf gun. I didn't get the 2 chains mixtape, but you did get the Nerf gun. This year. A real gun, son. You get a real gun this year. Yo, he took a picture with this gun that 
along with my daughter that one day I hope to replicate because how he's holding the pistol and how he has his arm around his sister, like it looks so when it looks get, cute. When they get older, you want to take that same picture. <laughs> yeah. This is y'all like five. This is y'all like 25. Yeah, just with a real pistol yeah. and the same love that you have for your sister then. I hope you have it for then. I hope you have for, you know, in the future. I'm sure they will. But shout out to my baby boy. Shout out uh, to We're going to get uh, pizza and cupcake wasted today. <laughs> uh, you can watch whatever you want to. He's going to eat these cupcakes and birthday cake for breakfast for probably like the next week. He or better. Until it, it goes out. None of this is going bad. Nah. And he'll, he will straight up wake up and say, Dad, I want a piece of cake and some Hawaiian punch. And you know what? It's your cake. You can have it, bro, bro. Shout out to him, man. Tim birthday is very important. You hit them two digits. I remember that day like it was yesterday when I turned 10 and you couldn't tell me nothing. Yeah. I'm like, I'm grown. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I finally <laughs> made grown. it. I'm 10 years old. Like, You'll be I, double digits yeah, probably man. for the rest of your life. For sure. Until you get a trip. I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to hit them trips. Uh, uh, I need to be 102. I can check out at 102. The Bible guarantees us 120 years from our bodies. Oh, fuck it. Give me 120. I don't want to live that long. Shit. I'll be perfectly honest. I, I don't want to go. God damn it! Them famous last words and shit. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I'm not trying to go today, but I just like if I can live longer, my quality of life be cool. Then that's one thing. But I don't want to be like old as hell in a nursing home, and I got to rock at the pens every day because I can't uh, take care of your kids. You want to be in a nursing home? Yeah, um, my my daughter had me together, but I got to probably got to stop eating meat and eating White Castles before sure. we record Definitely. to make sure that you ate White Castle too. I had French fries though. Just it, just French fries. Had, it's not great, but just French fries. White Castle has the worst French fries. Yeah, man, but uh, Popeyes was close. Okay, so all right, man. Let's go ahead and get into the real episode, man. Uh, we got a really good, dope guest coming up, and um, we about to take a, a, a quick break, and so we can go out and bring them in. But you won't be disappointed. The College of Hip Hop is a premier learning platform for entertainment education. A must-have free app for anyone and everyone who knows somebody looking to learn the business side of arts and entertainment industries. Very easy to navigate and feature exclusives, interviews from industry heavyweights such as Wendy Day, Dave Nelson, Alonzo Williams, and more. Blogs, audio seminars on topics ranging from copyrights, publishing, encoding, marketing, and many more subjects. The College of Hip Hop features a resource guide with helpful links to publishing forms, contracts, and lots more helpful items. Created by AJ and SJ Jackson, young entrepreneurs that saw a void in the arts and entertainment industry. Their goal is to make the arts and entertainment industry simple for anyone and everyone who is interested. All right, man, back from a little break, and uh, we are back with our special guest. Um, I don't know how many hats and titles uh-huh. we can actually say, yeah. uh, but the brand ambassador uh, for Mr. Adams, Mr. Allen's Elite. That's one um, yeah. Uh, brand ambassador for Pogo? Not Pogo. Well, I mean, you know what? It falls underneath the same umbrella. Okay. And, and Pogo and... Souls Inc. in Miami is like brother and sister to Mr. Allen. Okay. So so it's kind of like it's kind of move as a unit, but mm-hmm. I'm not really as hands-on with Pogo and Souls as I am with Mr. Allen. Yep. And by the way, we, we dropped the Elite. Oh, just Mr. It's just going back to Mr. Allen. Okay. okay. And it seemed like, you know, we did such a great job in marketing it for the last three years. It's like everything now is Elite. Mm. You got elite nails, elite dispensaries, elite car wash, yeah, yeah, elite yeah, this, yeah. elite that. So it's kind of like, you know what, let's just cut the elite. Let's just go back to 
traditional. Yeah, we're going to get into that, Not too, doing a 29, 250 thing. We, but, oh, yeah, we man. We definitely going to get into it's that. It's taking it way back from Mr. Albums. And you know what? I, I want to break that down, too, later in the show. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, former buyer for Puffer Reds. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Did a stint there. Career started off at uh, Strictly Sportswear. Yeah. Seven Mile and Archdale. All right. uh, so if you don't know by now, we got Ty Mopkins in the building. Give him a round of applause. What up, though? What up, though? What up, though? Appreciate y'all having me, man. I appreciate this. Absolutely, man. We were, we were talking for for a few months, and we wanted to get you on the show, man. Right. Uh, we see the movement out there, and um, we wanted to bring you in and talk about Pick it. Pick your brain bit. a little bit, because it seemed like you got your hands involved with everything around the city. Right. You know, you're a native son of the city. Right, right. And the things that mean a lot to Detroit fashion-wise, right. you've had a hand in helping bring back. I remember a few years back it was the top ten. Yeah, Adidas top ten. Yeah. 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 And, I mean – I remember just just for me, I remember having like older cousins, mm-hmm. older homies that I saw rocking top tens, mm-hmm. and I just wanted them. And then for a while, they were just you couldn't find them anywhere. Right, right. right. Like it's they had disappeared. Right. And then you helped kind of usher and bring that back, especially mm-hmm. you know here in the city of Detroit because it right. means so much to us. That right there was an interesting fight. I fought for years with Adidas to even just bring, just to even have a mention of top tens. And this is when I was with Puffer Red, so. You know, we would go to the shows. We would go out to Portland to their headquarters, mm-hmm. and they would bring us in as focus groups and key retailers and want to know what trending was hot, what do we see in our market. And for years, I would always preach, you know, top tens, top ten, Top tens forms decades concords. You know, like the East Coast was big on superstar shell toes. Mm-hmm. Right. West Coast was always big on sambas and stuff like that. Like, you know, down south was gazelles and Samoas and things like that, but... Detroit had a rich heritage of these brands. So I always sit there and I preach, and, I, and I, it seemed like I was begging, you know, and I had to step back because it's like I'm, I'm actually begging this company for us to give them our money. Yeah, please take our money. Yeah, please take our money because, you know, this is what we want. This is what we top tens. I apply this. Adidas has a rich history in the city of Detroit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would, I would catch flack from some of my East Coast counterparts, West Coast, like, oh, here come Ty. He always about to talk about top tens. I <laughs> talk about top tens. And then I would show them footage and show them old pictures of just everyday people in Detroit back in the 70s and 80s of us rocking it, mm-hmm. you know, with our stuff. And, of course, of course, YBI was notorious for, for wearing sure. Adidas top tens and all that stuff, too. And, and they had a big movement with that. And so, finally, a new regime came over to Adidas. And then they started listening. And they said, you know what? I understand. I see the passion. And you've been talking about this shit for three years. So let's see what we can do. And they made a big campaign with it. They used another Detroiter in the ad campaign, which was Danny Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was a big inspir- uh, bigger part of it. And they said, well, let's do an event. And I said, you know what? If we do an event and with this Adidas Top 10, we have to do it a detroit theme way. So we went out, and with the help of Adidas, we went out and we rented out American Coney Island. The best Coney Island? Yes. As far as Lafayette and American is concerned? Yes, it is. I don't want to have that argument. I'm just saying. I don't want to have that argument. I'm I'm on American side, man. I'm I'm not saying that the same people own it, but I have seen people from Lafayette take buns over to American, and I have seen Lafayette people take some chili over to American. Mm. So I'm not saying it's probably, it's probably <laughs> the world's biggest gimmick marketing scheme, right, and right. it works for them. It definitely works. So I'm just saying, at the end of the day, maybe together. But I, I prefer American as well, too. So 
uh, we teamed up with American Coney Island, and instead of doing a traditional event like how people do in their stores and all that, mm-hmm. so I wanted to relaunch the top ten with a taste of Detroit, meaning that you know when you think of Detroit, you think of of course you think of you think of Adidas, and you think of Coney Islands. So I just wanted to take the American Coney Island. We gutted everything out, and we made it like a Adidas showroom in there. Dope. And so we had uh, DJ BJ, DJ Steady Rock, uh, DJ in there. We had by invite only. And so we only opened up the guest list for like two hours. And we had over 1,500 people registered. We had even more, but we had to cut it off. But we can only fit 200 people in American Coney Island. So we, we did the event, invite only. People came in, got free top tens got free Adidas t-shirts and all that, all-you-can-eat Coney dogs, chili dogs, and all that. And it caught worldwide where, we was, where I was getting write-ups and footwear news, uh, slams, click, yeah, kicks, complex, all that stuff because they never seen anything like that because traditionally you do stuff in your store. Mm-hmm. Right. Now all of a sudden in the industry, I'm not saying no name, I see certain retailers, not, not, not Detroit retailers, just all around the world, national retailers, doing stuff other than in their store. Now, right, so right. I don't want to say that I lit the fire, lit the fire to make it happen. I said it for you. What? No, well, I mean, you know, one thing about me, man, I'm always going to be humble <laughs> and honest and all that, you know. Yeah. But, you know, that was the thing with Detroit, and we sold out of almost 700 pair within an hour. Jesus. And Adidas never seen anything like that, and you know, now they listen a little bit more, but I'm having an issue with them now going back to how they used to be, where it's like, listen, this is what I need, this is what I need. But now, you know, I understand. Trend change, and at the end of the day, Detroit is not the only market Adidas has. Right, so they right. got to listen to other things too. But at the end of the day, sometimes I go on my rant on my Instagram page and I say, ne- never forget the streets and never forget the heritage that brought you to where you're at. One thing about us in Detroit, we like what we like. Mm-hmm. You're not going to force anything onto us. You're not going to f- force a knit. You're not going to first force a certain way on how a shoe look. We are who we are, and right. that's how we are. We got our own. We got our own style. Yeah, own of style of dress. Of course. Like, if if anywhere in the world, if I see somebody with a some Yays, the Al Wu at the time, uh, some Jabros and some Jordans, I know where you from. And you know just what? Off that silhouette, they say that about us all the time. They was like, "Listen, I could just tell you from Detroit, or I could tell when somebody from Detroit, just the way, just the way we walk, man, just the way we talk, all that stuff." Man, I was out of town. I got family in Tennessee. And we was out, and you know, me and my brother, we got dressed. We just about to go like to uh, to Walmart or whatever. That was before Walmart was even down here. They were like, "What? Like, what, where y'all about to go?" We like, we we about to go to the store. Like, why y'all getting dressed up? That's all we know. Like, this oh, is this how is, we dress. This is yeah. normal. This is normal clothes. Like, right. this is just Detroit swag. I don't know. Right. It is what it is. That's one thing about us. We we gonna look good. We gonna eat good. We gonna talk good. Yeah. You know what we gonna do? Definitely. Um. So uh, I did the the Adidas. I know. So how do you think about how Adidas is doing now? I mean, I know they got the Kanye right. and everything. All their shoes got the. All of them look the same now. All of them moved to the little tubular or whatever, however you pronounce or whatever. Okay. But Adidas is like getting popular again. Like. Yeah, but the one thing that with Adidas, they was always popular to us, and now the rest of the world is trying to see. You know, and, and, and they cater into a different market. Like what I said earlier about how, you know, Detroiters always stick to one thing. Mm-hmm. So the one thing I do see happening, and it's not to offend anyone, I see them tend to forget about what got to them where they're at here in Detroit. And, you know, I, I know we're just a small piece of the pie, but 
yes, trending worldwide and across the country, yes, I mean, they're, they're, they're on the rise. But here with us, it's kind of like, yeah, we see what you're doing there, but don't forget about us. Right. You know, we, we had a run with Adidas last year with Concords. Mm-hmm. They brought out all the color pattern of the Concords, and Detroit just went crazy over it. They brought out forms, and we went crazy over it. You know, certain things for certain markets, and going further into the industry, that's something that I had to realize how I understand. It's, it's a bigger world than just Detroit. So I understand your question. I see it. But I just think it could be a little bit better for us in Detroit. Man, last thing on top tens, I remember um, <laughs> this was probably about this 2000, 2001, 2002. You know, some of my younger folks, they, you know, went to state or whatever, and we go up to East Lansing, and, like, I went and, like, I copped these cop- top tens. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm happy about them. They're like, no, what is those? Right. I'm like, like, what? Like, yo, like, they top tens, man. You and have like, to be from here. You have yeah. to be from here, and you have to be from from our environment and our culture. So people always say, one of the most overused cliches now is for the culture. Yeah. <laughs> people don't understand what, what culture the- they're doing it for. So when people say that, and people who I know don't really understand what the hell they're saying, they're just saying it because they think it sounds cool, yeah. like like lit and litty and and whack shit like that. Yeah, yeah, all, yeah. All, all, all that is kind of whack to me when you say stuff like that. But when you say for the culture, well, my culture didn't do that. You know, my culture was like how you said when you got them top tens. We treated those like like it was cold, like it was just fresh because that's what we grew up on. Because coming up as a kid, me, I came up in in the late seventies, early eighties, and things like that. So we see shit like that as a, a sign and sense of accomplishment. Like I made it, you know. And and yeah, I know that's kind of sad. You want to say shit like that, but when we was coming up, we, we didn't really have significant role models or things like that. You know, I mean, let's be honest. Our role models was the street hustlers, the cats. So if we saw a guy dressing fresh as hell, we thought that that was success. If he was Adidas down or if he had, or he was really getting money, he was buying Fila. And, you know, we gave acumens for Fila, meaning finally I'm leaving Adidas. Because now it's like, listen, I got money. I ain't about to play Adidas because all y'all playing Adidas, I done found something better. So now I'm with Fila. So now finally I'm leaving Adidas. So now I'm Fila where I'm wearing $100 shoes. I'm wearing a $300 velour outfit, and I'm just getting money right now. So you have to be from this environment. I think one other city that adapts to top tens like us is Boston. Okay. You know, me, me and my big bro, Michael Bivens from New Edition, mm-hmm. we have an argument back and forth about who rep top tens the most. Is it Boston or Detroit? And, you know, he says it's a little spill, but – Nobody rep top tens like we do here in Detroit. No. Yeah. How did you get your start in the fashion game? Uh, how can I say this? I was a customer that already already knew about fashion. Okay. And I became real close friends with the Hamlin family, and they owned Strictly Sportswear. Okay. And, you know, I always wanted to do uh, buying, always wanted to be in fashion, and I always wanted to dress people. Because I always was a cold dresser. People look at me, especially by me being kind of like a heavy husky guy. You know, they were like, oh, man, big boy, get fresh. Big boy know how to push it together. You know, put me together. So at the time, uh, during my first marriage, my wife, her sister was uh, married to the son of Strictly Sportswear. His name okay. was Calvin Hamlin. And, you know, we would always be around, you know. And he was like, hey, man, you know, I want to give you a chance, man. You know, come work up in the shop and all that. And during that time... I got a, I got real close 
to the mother. Her name is Dorothy Hamlin. God rest her soul. She she was one of the ones that took me underneath her wing and just taught me about business, whether it was clothing or just life skills about giving back to your community and building your community and uplifting your community. And she just took me underneath her wing, and I just it just branched off like wildfire. And this was during a time when we would wear shit like Coogee sweaters. When Coogee sweaters was the shit when it first came out, mm-hmm. when you had the guest denim, you had the guest outfits, you had rock ports, you had uh, we was wearing hush puppies. We was wearing Maurice Malone. We was wearing FUBU. See, I came around when you had collections like FUBU, Maurice Malone, uh, Willie Esco, uh, all that shit, Jabot, Guess, everything. When everything was popping, when clothes were really clothes back in those days. And from there, I just learned the business was going to trade shows uh, in Las Vegas called the Magic Convention that everybody seems to go to now. And I I just came about and basically learned on the fly the business part of it. I already knew about styling. I already knew about what was sweet and what was fresh just because of where I grew up at. I grew up on uh, Grand River and Livernois, okay. right over there by McKenzie High School. And so that was in the heart of Hustle Central where we all was, you know, we all we all have a past. Mm-hmm. And we all had to do things because there wasn't opportunities out there for us. So we all had to do things in order to buy this sweet shit like Van Grack, Elise, Deodore. See, I'm naming these brands now that – trying to surface but these are the things that was high end and top to us back in the day man it's funny how um the mood will change on the entire brand yeah. like the clothes ain't changed the style ain't changed mm-hmm. but people have told you that this not cool no more and now you just i tell people all the time man don't let nobody dictate your fresh if you feel it's fresh you wear it all right can't, can't nobody dictate your fresh um so you were dealing with strictly so mm-hmm. i've heard and I, I i tell this people i tell this to people as if as if it's true, because uh, I just want it to be true. Right. Was at one point strictly sports were the number one seller of Air Force Ones in the country. At one point we were, but we was the number one Adidas account too. Mm. But we we sold a lot of Air Force Ones because you gotta remember, strictly sportswear back in the uh, early '90s to the late '90s was like a tourist attraction. So we was the spot to go to, sure. and we was right down Seven Mile and Archdale, and it was the West Side of Detroit. And we would have people from all over come in, or when Ice Cube come in town, when celebrities come in town, the first place they would want to go is Strictly Sportswear. I remember the counter on Strictly's had everybody's all picture those pictures. On there. It's like a wall of fame. You yeah. walk in there, you know. I advise anybody, you know, stop in there, say hi to Kathy, you know, and just and just go in there and soak up some of Detroit really history when it comes to retail with fashion retail. And spend some money there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because yeah. we needed to stay there. Strictly, I, I can say this, and. And that was my first spot ever. But Strictly Sportswear will always have a piece in my heart because that's where I started off at. That's where the first opportunity came, you know. And I always want to see them do well. I always want to see them do good. You know, even though I've been gone almost 20 years, that still holds a place in my heart because one thing you can't deny, you can't deny history. Right. And that place has a lot of history. Oh, yeah. Man, um, on the move, Mr. Maul used to be up there all hey, the man, time. Hey, man, I remember they had a commercial on the move with Mr. Maul. That's, yeah. That was my first TV. I mean, my first TV. I mean, TV thing with Mr. Maul and Sean P. Yeah. With, yep. uh, with Nat Morris and all that stuff. Yeah. So One of the guys you go to high school with, man, uh, you know, he was always a, a dope dresser. He was one of the, he was in the, um, in one of the commercials for them or whatever, rocking yeah. the coogies and everything. Hey, man, I like bought that. my outfits for my senior pictures from Strickland. For sure. And that's <laughs> how I really got my start in marketing. And how I learned the game on how to brand and all that. Because I would write all the segues for On the Move with Mr. Maul or Video Go-Go or uh, uh, Nuke at Night. Mm-hmm. When they would come yeah. to Strictly Sportswear, 
and we, I would write the script for the fashion show or what we're going to say. Or I would used to write the scripts for the radio when you hear the commercials on Strictly Sportswear. I would write the jingles and things like that. So really, like I said, being at Strictly was more than just working on the sales floor because I learned how to do marketing. I learned how to do uh, merchandising, visual merchandising, and all that shit like that. So like I said, that's why it will always have a special place in my heart, and I will always, always give them props, especially Dorothy Hamlin. So you kind of you started at Strictly, and right. what did you do after Strictly? How did you get to? At Strictly, so at that time, uh, just like most family business, you kind of went as far as you can go, and uh, they wasn't going to let anybody be partners, and which I understand because family it's a family business. You want to pass that shit down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I kind of, I'm not going to say outgrew Strictly. I, I kind of went where it was a point where I couldn't go no more. And I knew they couldn't afford to pay me any more than what it was. But my worth was buzzing out there. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to start my own little clothing store. And it was called Hip Hop University. And it was right there on oh, Grand Mount River. Davidson. Yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So me, uh, my partner at the time was Primus, Primus Simpson. And uh, we started that, man. We just had the connects. I had, of course, I had the retail and the clothing connects. He had the connects with the radio station, marketing and advertising. And it caught fire. I mean, it caught fire so much. We was, we was getting breaking into every, every other week, it seemed mm-hmm. like. Because we was the first retailer, national retailer, to sell Mitchell and Ness. That was at the time throwback jerseys was at the right, height. Right. You got to remember, this is like 2000, 2001. Yeah. And I never forget how I really got the Mitchell and Ness. How, how we got the Mitchell and Ness contract was we would go to Philadelphia to the flagship store every week and go buy 50 to 60 jerseys at $300 a piece. Bring them back to Detroit and sell them for like $500. So yeah, we would add a little tax on it, but at you the time you couldn't else. find it, you couldn't find it nowhere. And this was before dot com and social media and all this was just word of mouth. Just people in the hood coming to buy them. And we would just kill them with the Mitchell and Ness account to one day I went to an all-star game in Philadelphia, I forget what year that was. I think it was 2002 or 2003 when the All-Star game was there. That's when AI won yeah. uh, MVP. And I, and I ran into a close personal friend who was already in the industry. And he was like, what you doing? I said, man, I'm trying to buy some more jerseys, take it back to Detroit. He said, you don't have a Mitchell Ness account? And I was like, no. Nah. He was like, hold on, I'm going to introduce you to my man who can get you laced. And so at this time, this when throwback jerseys was at the highest. Fab, not well, Jay was wearing them. Puff, right, right, right. Outcast, everybody who was everybody was wearing them. And this was the time when Jay Z video "Girls, Girls, Girls" came out, and he was wearing that Sammy Boff Washington Redskin long sleeve number thirty three maroon yeah. one. And I was getting calls for that like crazy. People, man, I give you a thousand dollars. I need five hundred. I need that jersey. And so he linked me up with one of the guys that was influential in the marketing starting Mitchell and Ness. His name is Big Rube. And he said, man, you ain't got to do all that no more. Hook me up. Uh, short story, I mean, long story short, I end up getting the Mitchell and Ness account right then and there where I was buying them wholesale now. So it's, so it's like I didn't have to go buy from the stores and take them back to Detroit. So now the prices came down a little bit more because now I can charge with Mitchell and Ness charging. And, man, Hip Hop University it was a gift and it was a curse. Because we was in business for almost three years, but we never made a profit because at the time, we was young, we was dumb, 
and I treated it. We treated it more as a rap label than maybe it was like a clothing store. Because at the time, I would be around at any given time, 20, 30, 50 people. We're going to a club and we buying everything because we just, at the time, we just treating it, we just trying to hype it up. So it's kind of like when, I always say this, it's kind of like when when Dre left NWA and went to, to death row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was hype, it was glitz because you would see all of us. At, at all the events, we would spend so much money on bottles, just trying to be seen. So people were like, oh, yeah, that, that's them hip-hop university guys. We need to go shop with them. Yeah, it helped, but it also hurt us because we became that popular spot because of where our location was at. Yeah. And, we got, like I said, we got broken into so many times. And insurance went up. Police was like, listen, man, y'all going to have to leave because we're not going to be coming here like this every other day. And they was honest with us because – Every other night, our alarm would go off because people would break into it trying to get it. And it hurt because it was my own people. Mm-hmm. You know, so that folded. And then after that, I went and uh, helped launch a store in Northland called No Limits. And this is when Northland was at the peak. So we took the Mitchell and Ness account and, you know, joined it with uh, No Limits. And I helped brand it that to where it was a popular clothing store in Detroit. Man, I miss Northland, man. Yeah, me too. Um, I'll tell you a story about that soon, too, that uh, my dream was to find a group of investors and buy it, but the foundation of Northland is so bad mm. that it would take so much money. You you would have to tear down Northland in order to build it back up again. Wow. You know, so that being said, I was with No Limits for maybe four years, got them to be a household name, and then... Uh, I just, at that point in time, I think I lost the love for it because at at that time I was really seeing that more people was making more off of me than I was making off myself. So I kind of went to a hiatus. I said, you know what, let me fall back. And that's when uh, I branched off and was with Puffer Reds. You know, Eric Williams is, is an excellent business owner, but I think I fell victim there as what I did with Strictly Sportswear. When it's a family-owned store, gotcha. you can only go so far. Right. You know, and it's nothing against nobody. It's it, because at the end of the day, family, you know, they need something to pass down to their kids mm-hmm. and their kids and their kids. And that's how you keep it up. You see furniture stores and jewelry stores and people that own supermarkets and all that do it all day long. They pass it down. Being being business fucking 70 years. Generational they, yeah, wealth. Yeah. You know? yeah. So that's when... I said, you know what? This one, I really was peaking because I'm coming off of helping Brandon, I mean, help brand Puffer Reds, get it. And this is this store in Ypsilanti. Right. That's and I had people, people right. driving from the city. Come and see me. Yeah, I drove out from the city to Ypsilanti. Yeah. I took my son out there because I remember two chains was at Puffer Reds. Yeah. And, and so that's something that we there. did where uh, I came up with, this, with, the, with, the, uh, with the promotion, Two Cans for Two Chains. Yeah. So my man Drew Dada from Def Jam was bringing uh two chains out he said i'll tell you what man if you can come up with a, a charity event for bring two chains out there i'll bring them out there i said okay well two chains two chains and this was around thanksgiving time and i said i got it we're gonna do two cans for two chains if you bring two cans of, of food or whatever you get to meet two chains and we had almost four thousand people that came to ypsilanti we had lines wrapped it was so crazy it was it was probably it was probably fucking more people in line to see two chains than the population of Ypsilanti. Right, <laughs> like you they know. about to go to the football game. Now this so. is the time when social media 
is just beginning. So I'm just now catching a buzz on social media. People follow me and doing things like that. So, you know, that right there was a blessing, too, just to be at Pufferettes and just to soak up some of the knowledge that I did get from Eric Williams and everything like that. And everywhere I've been, I never left on bad terms. You know, people understand, you, you know, we all – when you get to a certain age, we all make business decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it was it was a business decision. Just, you know, then at that time I had three retailers coming after me. Two of them was out of state. I'm not going to say the names, but two of them was out of state. And then it was Mr. Allen's. And people always say, like, oh, man, no, nah, man, Mr. Allen. Because at the time, two 29, for, 2 for 50. Yeah. And at at that time, that was because the owner – Alan Bishop did a great job in marketing that. For sure. You know, let me tell you, I used to see the financial books of those days. And it probably made more money than these stores trying to sell stuff today at full price. Just that whole $29, two for 50 mm-hmm. campaign. You got you to imagine that stuff, if, if you're a native Detroiter, that's that that is embedded in your brain. Yeah. Even a you, little cartoon man, yeah. the, whole nine, the voice, like, see what I'm saying? All that is you're there. never gonna forget that shit. So just think that's the shit that I was up against trying to help people forget about that. That's one of the reasons that well, that was one of the major reasons we wanted to get you on because the Mr. Allen's or Mr. Allen's eat well now back to Mr. Allen's. Right. It went from a transformation because oh, it yeah. wasn't like after a while. It was like, oh, you got them from Mr. Allen's. Like exactly. it was like a, a slight almost. It, it, yeah, it was kind of like a sneak. Yeah, it's like a sneak. This um, and everybody, everybody used to shop there. You know of what course. I'm saying? <laughs> everybody used to get there, but a lot of them, them, them two for fifties or those. Yeah. Or, oh, you got the back to school specials. Yeah. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah. yeah. Even though we were still buying it, but it was all it was like this joke. So it, for me to see that transformation, I'm like, but let me say this: they made a lot of fucking money. I'm sure. Hell, I'm sure they made a. <laughs> I mean, if you're a parent, you got kids, right. you're Looking for a deal, it's a you market get somebody for that. fresh, right? Or if I want two pair of shoes <laughs> for fifty dollars, <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do. Or you know what I'm saying? Or you wait for uh, the, the right Tims to come up there on the two for whatever. Because yep. you know you got the other the, the wrong Tims and the right Tims, the butt nackets <laughs> and the weeds. <laughs> so true story. The owner's son, his name is Jacob. Jacob Bishop. He came aboard and he saw a void in the market for a better shopping experience in Detroit. You know, because, you know, at, you always want to elevate an experience. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing you want to do, whether, you, whether you're doing a podcast or whether you're doing a retail store or just r- whatever you're doing. You want the experience to be so fucking dope that people can't wait for you to put out the next something. And that's something that he had envisioned. And he reached out to me and said, hey, man, I, I can't do this without you. I know what you can do. I'm a fan of yours, and I, I, I would like for you to be a part of this team. And it took one year. We talk about it to this day. It took one year for him to convince me to come over there. Because mm. we always go back and forth. He'll slide me something. I'll slide him something. And, you know, he'll be like, hey, this is what we're doing. And I'm like, yeah. And without them even knowing, I would dip off in Mr. Allen just to see. And I would see the slight transformation of what they used to be to what they're, what they're presently is and what they're going to be. And I said, you know what? Let me see some other options. And like I said, it took a year. It took a year for that deal to even get done. And I was like, well, let me try. 
And I would get criticized like, man, it's over for you. You didn't went to Mr. Allen's. You could have went here where they're already popping, not just in Detroit, but nationally, nationally. And I was like, yeah, but at, at that time, I didn't want to leave home. I just didn't because my son was still in high school. You know, my I couldn't just uproot my wife, right, you right. know, from her family and do things like that because she 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 has a nice job and she has a career. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna take the Miss Allen deal. And I talked it over with with some people in the industry that that's very respectful, like uh, a couple people. I I really the one thing I don't do. I may say respect in the business and industry. One thing I don't like to do is name drop. I never mm-hmm. want to say, oh, yeah, I was kicking it with such, such, and that. Because that, to me, that just make you look corny. Yeah, I got you. I got you know, I, I don't want you to look at me because of the people that I know or who can vouch for me. Because I tell people all the time, listen, don't vouch for me because, like how Mayno, i seen on one of Mayno's posts, I, I'm cool on my own. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm. To me, I'm the shit. I'm dope on my own. <laughs> right. I, I don't, I don't need nobody right, to co-sign right. for me. Let me do it this way, and people will respect that more. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I went in there, got the deal done with Mr. Allen's, and we we sat down there, me, him, and his brother Adam, and we was like, how are we going to change this culture? And those are the times when you can say doing it for the culture, because of the discount culture. Mm-hmm. And for the first six months, all I heard, oh my God, Ty, you at Mr. Allen's? Okay, twenty nine two fifty, twenty nine two fifty, and that's when uh, Jacob came up with the with Mr. Allen's Elite because you wanted to give it a different name. If you're going to do it, you got to tear it down from the beginning and do it. And that's when the time we we uh, launched the Eight Mile and Wilbur location, Dope and people and people were going there and be like, damn, this don't look like a Mr. Allen's because yeah. it's not what you traditionally look for. You don't the have the field, circus the carpet. Right, shit not piled on each other. You don't have a rack full of shit. You don't have a hundred shoes on the wall with sale tags on them or nothing like that. You got good premium in style it product, like a, like a boutique. Yeah, style. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did that for two years, and I just went on the campaign trail for a year straight, just marketing it. At this time, I'm just on fire with social media, and. You know, people say, well, you know what, since you're over there, you know, I'm going to fuck with Mr. Allen's. Okay, I'm going to come now. People started coming, sales started coming up, and people started paying attention to us because I was doing such a, a fucking hell of a job. People thought I owned Mr. Allen's. And, I, and, you know, I'd be up front, no. Nope, I'm just a buyer. I do the marketing, brand ambassador. No, I don't, I don't want those headaches because right. I know what it's like to be an owner, and I know the headaches that come with it. So I'm good at spending their money. <laughs> Let me run up day checks, run up day money, and doing this stuff. So uh, one of my partners actually thought he was like, "Yeah, I thought didn't he used to own Mr. Allen's?" Yeah, I'm like we'll ask him out on no. the show. No, 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 no. I don't want nobody looking at me a certain way, thinking I got thinking the bag. And no, 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 I do not own it. So uh, we 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 branded it. To the point where it became hot, not just in Detroit, but in the Midwest and in the country, where now we get product where no other store gets it. And 
one of the reasons those happened too because my relationship and when I started releasing the starter jackets. Man. Yeah. And so I know you want to talk about that. <laughs> I know you want to talk about that. So so I'll wait for you to bring that up. We can talk about that as well too. Man, we can get those start fun the starter jackets, man. Okay. It it was it was like something that was close to my heart because like when you came up when I was and you young, were young I couldn't afford the starter jackets. I had like I had a starter jacket, but it wasn't the ones I want it wasn't the one I wanted. And I was even I couldn't afford them, and and then when I seen these joints come, I'm like, oh, then the Pistons. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you gotta represent mm-hmm. Detroit. Mm-hmm. Then I see certain celebrities out there. I'm thinking like, did they come here to get that? Remember when I Nolan see- came and he had on that uh Nolan. that Baltimore <laughs> Orioles <laughs> yeah. starter jacket that uh-huh. we had never seen before. So uh, I mean, like especially I think, the satin joint. I think I saw like Fat Joe was rocking the Detroit uh-huh. joint. Um, uh-huh. I think I've seen like. Um, Dwayne Wade, mm-hmm. you know, with the Chicago joint, mm-hmm. Snoop, mm-hmm. all the pi- uh, a bunch like of a lot of the Pistons in them, mm-hmm. a lot of the Lions. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dog, this is just so cold. And I'm like, oh, that's Ty Mobkin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so- man, because I've, already, you know, how uh, Just Don has his little tag, mm-hmm. um, but when you open up a coat and it mm-hmm. got the, the Ty Mobkins on there, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's dope. Like that's mm-hmm. some, like I feel. He from my he from our city, right? So I feel connected to that off rip, right? That it, it means something to me when I when I can look into something and it got our name on it, right? Um, and I mean, and I guess it started with like a lot of the local sports teams. That's what we saw it, right. saw it first with with the satin joints. And I mean that I just remember being young. Unlike you, I remember I got a starter. I got a starter coat when I was probably like in fourth or fifth grade. I got like a satin joint for right. my parents. Which one was it? Uh, it was it was an old school Pistons, mm-hmm. and I just remember like the feeling of when I opened up the box and I saw it. Yeah. Like I probably it was out of season, probably in the springtime. I'm still trying to right. trying to button it on. Now I would take my cousin um, had a. Um, uh, the pullover, the Miami Dolphins pullover boy. So mm-hmm. when I when I used to take that one, yeah. I mean, you couldn't tell me I wasn't a man. Right. You know what I'm saying? But like, it was a status symbol. It meant something. Yeah, for sure. But but you see that that shit y'all just did for the last five minutes. That's what I saw a void in. Mm. It was a void in emotions. It was a void in, you know, bringing something that meant something to somebody. Because for years, people just put out product. And it didn't mean anything. You know, we just said, okay, yeah, we'll buy it and all that stuff. But when I did the Starter Jackets, I remember convincing the owner, well, the president of Starter, uh, his name is Carl Banks. And he's from Flint, Michigan, mm. went to school at Michigan State, won two Super Bowls with the Giants in the 80s. And he, he, he already has a successful sports apparel brand called G3 by Carl Banks. So these are the things that he's already doing. So I remember he acquired the license for Starter. And just like how y'all went, that's how I went to him. And I said, oh, man, Carl, man, we got to, man, man, please, man, 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 you got to let me bring back these starter pieces and all that. Because at the time, they was doing a bunch of them, but they they wasn't they wasn't as popping because they did it with Foot Locker. Yeah. And, you know, nothing against Foot Locker. Foot Locker is a great company, uh, makes a lot of money. But we not checking at Foot Locker to see what's fresh. No. We not – you know, nobody can tell us to go to Foot Locker because, yo, these dope. I got mine for Foot Locker. You need to go get them. We're not doing that no more. Back in the tees. 80s. Well, yeah, back in the 80s, we did that because we had no other opportunities. Now we have these things called trendsetters, tastemakers, and everything else that are lucky enough, like you said, like a Just Don, that can collaborate with these companies. Like Just Don does a tremendous job with Mitchell and Ness. Mm-hmm. And so I say, you know what? I want to be the just done of starter. 
And I said, well, I convinced Carl. I said, hey, man, just, just, just let me do three of them. Let me do my hometown teams, and let's see how we take it. So I had to do uh, special makeups on those, which is called SMUs. And I said, okay, with the SMUs, you have to do a couple of hundred of them. And this is something that I had to take and convince the Jacob, which is the, who is the president, who now is the president of Mr. Alice. And sometimes people can't see your vision the way how you do. Right. And I can honestly say that with Jacob, anything I ever wanted to do, he supported 100%. He said, listen, I don't understand it, but if you feel it, I got your back. He said, just, he said in his words to this day, do whatever the fuck you got to do to get us going. <laughs> just don't get us sued. You know, that's his thing. Just don't get me sued. Go do whatever you got to do. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just don't get me sued. So I had a conversation with Carl, and he was like, well, what three teams you want to do? And I had to think about the three teams that meant the most here in Detroit and what their jacket was back in the day. And I remember that silver Detroit Lions jacket. I remember seeing Barry Sanders wearing it. And I remember a red, the Red Wings. I remember seeing a lot of people wear the Red Wings jacket. Then I also remember that Detroit Pistons jacket, the one they used to call the Nelson Mandela one because if you look, if you pull up a picture of Nelson Mandela, one of the pictures that you see of him is in that Pistons yep. starter jacket when he came here and he, did, and he did a speaking engagement at Tiger Stadium. Mm-hmm. But he wore that Pistons jacket. And so I said, okay. I said, how many we got to do? And he was. Then he told me a number, and, and it's up there, a couple hundred. It's up there. And I was like, okay, I got to do something. I just can't bring in these jackets and just put them on a shelf. Right, right. And if I do that, it's not going to be a special. So I said, you know what? I was seeing the reaction that Jordan was getting or certain shoes or foam posits or certain Air Force Ones when they come out, they'd be lying outside the door. And people – always want what they can't have mm-hmm. right away i said you know what i'm about to do this and i'm about to customize it and i'm about to put a patch in there and i'm about to create it and about to give you special packaging because i saw avoiding that i saw people that was doing collaborations wasn't giving you dope boxing or packaging or shit like that i said so once again i want to create a dope ass experience for people that's going to buy this jacket because at the time, Starter was out the market for almost seven or eight years. And you would see Starter in Walmarts and Kmarts, yeah, but you would yeah. just see socks and underwear from Starter. Mm-hmm. So that was a light. People don't understand that when you get a big brand, you can license out your name to do different stuff. But when they was familiar to seeing Starter in those places. So I said, you know what? Let me pull this back and think about how I want to do it. And at the time... I had a relationship, a real good relationship, with Nate Burleson, who played for the Lions. Yes, and he introduced me to Calvin Johnson, which introduced me to a couple more Lions. I say, well, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. And once again, I keep, I keep stating social media because this is the time that social media was doing this. It was, it was crazy. People would be on their phone for eight hours out the day on social media. And this is when Instagram really started popping. Mm-hmm. You know, we had Facebook, and Facebook is cool, but Instagram was where everybody was at. Right, right. And so I was talking to Nate, and I said, Nate, man, I'm about to do these jackets, and uh, if I give you a couple of them, you give them to the teammates and take a picture of them. He said, yeah, man, tie anything for you. I got you, no matter what. So I had a picture of Calvin Johnson, Nate Burleson, uh, Chris Houston, so a lot of the Lions that was wearing it. They're not even that. 
one of my childhood friends who I grew up with, Jalen Rose. You know, we went to Detroit Southwestern together, and one of my best friends to this day, He, we talk, we give each other advice on things and all that. And he was like, you know, I went to him. I was like, Jay, if I give you one of these jackets, you know, you take a picture. And he's like, man, just send me the damn jacket. <laughs> so I was accumulating all these pictures of celebrities and actual NFL guys wearing this shit. And I said, okay, I got to do something else. What can I do? I said, I got it. I'm going to put a release date on this. People thought I was crazy. I said, no, I'm going to put a release date on this. Because never before, I don't care what nobody say, I've done the research on it. Nobody has ever put a release date on apparel, ever. They mm-hmm. did for footwear, yeah, but not apparel. And so I said, okay, when am I going to release this? Now, granted, I got the jackets in July because of the way we had to order it, ship date, uh, shipping receiving issues and things like that. I had, I, had to, I had to bring it in in July. And it's hot as fuck outside. Right. I can't release it now. So I'm like, damn, 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 damn. When can I release it? And what's the biggest thing here in Detroit with the Lions? Uh, Thanksgiving Day. Guy. There you go. So I said, you know what? I'm about to market the shit out of this, and I'm going to release it the day before the Thanksgiving Day game. Because everybody, I don't give a fuck if we owing 15 at the time. We're going to buy some Lions shit to go to, yeah. the, to the Thanksgiving Day game. We, that, that's the, it's, it's, it's the home opener and Thanksgiving Day where we're going to at least wear some type of Lions shit. Absolutely. So I said, you know what? Okay, cool. So August came around. And then now I'm getting more and more pictures of people wearing it. And I said, yep. So let me just start flooding it with a release date, with a release date. And it just took off. I, I, I beat Greg from Hot 107.5 here in Detroit, DJ BJ, uh, Dr. Darius, JLB. They were shouting it out. They was talking about it like, you know, I was, pro- I was promoting it like I had a fucking album coming out. Dope. You know, I would sneak peek pictures, or once a week I would throw a picture of somebody else different in it, like uh, Calvin or Nate Burleson, Jalen Rose, you know, and people would just go crazy. Oh, my God, I remember that bitch. And, like, the emotions, what you guys did, that's what I would get from everywhere. Like, oh, man, you need to do this. You need to bring this back. I remember my uncle, my cousin. Man, my uncle used to be getting them. He had all the starter jackets. So now it's a rah-rah of this shit. And the bubble was just boiling over. And I'm like, oh, shit, this shit is real. To the point where I had people was trying to offer me $500, $1,000, just so they could be the first one with it. When that shit happened, I said, it's over. It's over. This shit is going to be crazy. So we released it at one store. That was the Redford store. Do you know we had over 500 people in line? Mm. At least 200 went there the night before it came out. Wow. And we just fucking couldn't believe it. I just said, oh, my God. And people was buying them and selling them in the parking lot for 400 500 because we sold out so quick. We sold out within 20 minutes of that shit. And I wow. said, oh, shit. What's next? So I had the uh, people like, what's next? What's next? So I had the Red Wing jacket on deck. And no, I'm sorry. The uh, piston jacket. And I said, what can I do? So I told the story about the bad boys. And I said, now what can I do different from here than I did with the lion's jacket? And that's when I called DJ BJ. I said, yo, I need to do a mixtape. He was like, get the fuck out of here. You ain't (laughs) rapping. I said, no, no, I'm not not rapping. I said, I'm releasing a jacket, but 
I need to do a Bad Boys mixtape. And once I broke down the idea to him, meaning that I'm putting skippets of in-game stuff mm-hmm. and when the Pistons won the championship in 89 and 90. So I said, listen, I want you I want to do a mixtape, but I want to do all the number one songs from 1989 and 1990 on one CD. So it was like Poison, BBD, Every Little Step, uh, Ice Ice Baby was all on this CD. But after every song, he would drop inserts of an Isaiah interview or or the in-game announcement when we won the championship and things like that. We would play We Will Rock You, We Are the Champions, mm-hmm. and shit like that. So it was no, just another no. it was a, just another add on to Simpson. So we did that one. I released that Christmas Eve because Christmas and everybody go crazy buying shit. And that one went even crazier. So then the Red Wings one came along. Sold out of that because traditionally the Red Wings used to always play a game on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I released that on New Year's Eve. Sold out of that. So now I'm three jackets in. Sold out. The buzz and got back to starter and everything. I'm like, man, what the fuck are you doing? People calling us. Asking us, can we get a Ty Mopkin starter? Because on the inside, <laughs> had a tag on. Had a tag. And I would always make sure, because I had to make sure you knew who that damn jacket came from. Right. You know? And because people now is catching the wave and they ordering starter. And I'll be honest, they, they ride my fucking coat waves. So I got to distance myself between them and what they're doing. So we came up with the slogan, yo, if it ain't a Ty Mopkin starter, your ass still on the bench. Mm-hmm. So get off the bench, be a starter. Get this Ty Mopkins from Mr. Allen's. It ain't got that just down pin on it. It ain't the real hat. Exactly. Got the Ty Mopkins exactly. in there. So off the bench. at this time, I have a lot of entertainers, uh, athletes that's cool with entertainers. Yo, my man about to come to town. Or people from the radio station, just everyday people will hit me up and be like, hey, man, such as come to town, man. Can you get them a jacket? Yep, I sure can. You know, my man JD would call me be like, yo, I got Fat Joe coming to town. You know, can you lace him with a jacket? Yeah, I sure can. Next day, he takes his shit and he wears it on Hot 97 doing an interview with Funk yep. Max the Flash. Well, but Funk Max the Flex. But one of the biggest ones so far to this date has been Jeezy. Mm. So Jeezy came to town. My man DJ Infamous linked me up with DJ Ace, which is Jeezy DJ, and got it to him. You know, Jeezy already loved Detroit. Right, he repped. So he, son, he, almost like a son of the Right, city. so he, he rocking that bitch. So now I'm getting calls from everybody. And... I've had a lot of help from people that just generally want to see me win. And that's why I tell everybody I don't mind paying blessings for it because blessings have been paid for it to me. Mm. You know, and we're here to this day, and, and this is going to be the biggest season yet for the Jackets. Cause I got a lot of fucking surprises. You, you, thought, you thought last year was bigger. I mean, you thought last year was big with Chauncey, Rip, Rasheed, and being all wearing uh-huh. them, man, you know. That's why people, you know, I can't go anywhere now without somebody saying, yo, what, what, which one you got coming out next? So now I see companies like clothing stores, you know, that have a starter account, but they don't have the same kind of starter account that I have. Sneak peeking they shit the same way I do stuff. And I'm like, you know what, that that's cool. Out there like, oh, yeah. okay. but two, this can work. But two, it's a retailer out here that I went in just to see their stuff. And he was like, man, you see all them coats up there? And I said, yeah. He said, I, I at least got 100 coats that's unbuttoned. And I was like, okay. He was like, you know why they unbuttoned? I said, why? He's like, because they checking to see if your name in there. Your name ain't in there, they walk out. And I was like, damn. And that's how I knew it was real for real, too. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of things that I'm working on that I've learned to not talk about. Because sure. you don't want to 
you don't want the people to get tired of you. I mean, I mean, you don't want people to get tired of you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, this and that. So I've learned how to ghostwrite a lot of shit. And I look back and I see things. And I see people going crazy over it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that worked. And, you know, that led me to do collaborations with Fila. I got a lot of shit coming with Fila this year. Yeah, we just saw saw you on Instagram the other day. Yeah. Why. Yeah. Yeah. So. Fila, that was another one near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Fila Them had Grand a, Hills. Man, Fila had a run. And I almost. So. You remember the feelers that looked like the Air Ones? They had the little, uh, the yeah, little the strap to hang out the back. Yeah. Like the Air Ones, the took FX One Thousand. They yeah. took they. It was feeler. Yeah. In the orange, the blue, the purple, the gray. Yeah. Like when you had them shits, man. And then Air Force Ones just took off. But uh-huh. them feelers, man. Woo. Yeah. It, Grand, it was it was the Grand Hills for me. Grand yeah. Hills Stackhouse had. Grand Hill was mm-hmm. a, that was probably the first designer shoe or uh, name athlete shoe I got. Mm-hmm. I think I was, what, seventh grade when I had them G-Heels? The Fila, yeah. the the Fila pullover ones, uh, not the first winter ones. coats. I'm glad you said that. So this year, I'm doing a whole ski collection with Fila. Okay. So 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 I customized, I mean, I designed my own Fila ski coat, and I'm bringing back the Fila ski pants. Okay. But not even that, I'm doing Fila ski gargles. Because back in the day, we used to always wear ski gargles. Yeah. We used to stand on the block, whatever, just bullshit, whatever we did. We used to wear ski gargles. We weren't going skiing, but it was just an accessory <laughs> piece for sure for us. So, you know, that that you know I've been blessed to do stuff with New Era uh, as far as doing my own Detroit Tiger hats and things like that. So, you know, it, it's, just, it's just been humbling, man. I mean, I thank God every day. I also wake up every morning. I just ask God to continue to enlarge my territories and open the right doors for me that was once closed just not for me just so i can have something to pass down to my kids or if somebody come to me for advice somebody do that i want to be able to help pay blessings on because i've had people like dj envy ice cube uh so many people just drop knowledge and dimes on me michael bivens you know that just see me working and they're like bro i like what you're doing next time do it this way next time do it that way and one thing about me man I like to talk, but I also know when to shut the fuck up and listen. Mm-hmm. And I, I listen. I Lately, I've been listening more than I've been talking because I'm getting jewels dropped from people that's already successful and been there and done that. Two ears, one mouth. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's a couple other things I wanted to touch okay. on. I know you mentioned the mixtape, and you said you weren't going to rap on it. Now, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> don't bring it up. <laughs> now, don't bring it up. Now, I mean, the streets talk to us, yeah. too. The schoolyard yeah. bully. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know, but that's when that's when uh everybody wanted to be a rapper. And Detroit was heavily, 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 heavily West Coast influenced. Mm-hmm. You know, we listened to Spice One, we listened to E forty, Too Short, uh, Mac Dre, all those guys. Uh Drew Down. Yeah. All that stuff. So I said, you know what, man? Some of my best friends was already some of the, the coldest DJs in the city. Their name was the 12 Tech Mob. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daddy Rifflin, Swan, Shotgun, DJ Dez was already DJing for Slum Village. So You got him up here. We're going to have him up here soon. Dez, yeah. De- Dez, man, let me tell you something. Dez does not get the credit that he deserves in being a Detroit historian when it comes to music. Like... Like, that guy, and I'm not just saying that because that's my brother and, and I generally love him and I know what he's done, but if you do your research, that guy is always overseas. He's always doing stuff. You know, he 
he he has created a lot of stuff for hip hop. Just not fuck Detroit hip hop for hip hop. And I just don't think that guy gets enough credit as he do. But as long as I'm talking and I have a platform, I'm always going to shout him out and, you know, let people know, like, yo, DJ Dez is fucking dope, you know. So I uh, they was like, man, you know, you, you rhyme here, you sing your little rhymes and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah. And they was like, well, come on, man, just come on be a rapper. And I was like, nah, <laughs> at the time it's going to work, dog. You light-skinned, you mixed, <laughs> you know, dog. You know, just a whole trying to play the whole mixed card because my mom white, my dad black. So they was like, yo. People already know you. You got a following in the city. You at Strictly. You doing this. Dogs, come on and rap. If you was to rap, what would your rap name be? And so I remember this one guy. He was like, man, you like a big-ass schoolyard bully. And I was like, damn, that's kind of dope. And so it was Schoolyard Bully. Last First tape I put out. First and last tape. <laughs> I say tape because at the time it was what it was. Yeah, right, it was right. tape. Was, uh, I paid homage to the neighborhood I grew up in. It was called a 12,000 block of Rose Line. And at that time, Detroit radio was really hard to break. You couldn't, you know, we had people at that time like Al Nuke, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Bombshell, yeah. uh, Lola Damone, Drunken Master. Yeah. Uh, Trick Trick from way back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, Goon Squad, Chick yeah. Trick. You know, they was on the radio, and they caught hell doing it. And they was cool with Billy T and, and TJ and everybody that was on the radio. Mm-hmm. But it, it, Detroit radio has a lot of politics, to politics to it yeah. you know and to this day i have nothing against detroit radio i don't i don't i don't I have nothing against detroit radio i love detroit radio uh the djs certain djs on detroit radio has helped my career tremendously like a big greg like a back in the day spud mm-hmm. dj bj uh dr darius and all that uh Pajian when she was here uh shorty the prince when he was here things like that foolish mason everybody but it, it's kind of hard to get in Detroit, but some people like these rappers nowadays, they're so focused on getting in Detroit radio, but I tell them all the time, like, why are you wasting your time doing this? Because when was the last record a Detroit station broke? Man, I'm just being real. I love I love them, but... Man, I be asking these folks, like, when the last time you listened to the radio? That's true, you, too. You, you want your record on the radio, but you don't even listen to the radio. Because I think sometimes they're more focus on having that success and having that name at home okay. than, than what it could be because you don't like you say it's number one is hard getting your song yeah. on the radio yeah. they the don't break record, they don't break records the last record or only record i think detroit radio um has broken was i'm out here dusty mcfly well no and i, I can say know that even went national like that i can say dj bj had a hands-on and t grizzly first yeah. oh for sure he had he That's had a hands-on with that but but look how long it took you know what I'm saying? And DJ BJ went across the grain. And yeah. You know, at the end of the day, he was like, fuck that. I, this shit is dope. I got to play it. And he did it. And he helped, he helped break it. You know, look, 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 look at all the times that Blade wasn't in rotation. You know, things like that. How Cheddar Boys wasn't in rotation. When we was coming up. Yeah, because now, like, I'm talking about the first one second of that beat. People go crazy. Oh, yeah. And you mean to tell me that couldn't get on the radio? Right. And in rotation. But it's not the jock's fault. It's not that. Oh, no, it's, no. it's the it's, higher heads, yeah. and, and, and that's what I want people Program to understand too. Program directors, it yeah. come from all. It come yeah. from the corporation. Yeah, it come from the corporation. Yeah, and and that's the thing that I want people to understand too. That it's not the DJ's fault. They can only go by the format that they're given to do. I know DDT uh, had the West oh, Next yeah, on the menu. Yeah. Yeah. He was the first one to play our records. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I mean, he, I remember myself working on a smaller station 
for quite some time. I would I would come into work. I had a playlist, and that's what you played. You right. didn't. I didn't vary from it. When I would so called take requests, I would just record people asking for the songs yeah. that were coming on later on the playlist. I just play it then, and it makes it fit, you know just to yeah. give it that feel. Yeah, R- radio is more of a business now. For sure. Because they took the power of the DJ away, like this jockey. You used to listen to the radio to listen to the personality. Oh, Whatever yeah. song they dropped, it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. Right. But you used to listen to it. And I think that's why podcasts is just the thing to do right now. Because now, guess what? Nobody can tell you what to say on this thing. You mm-hmm. own this. Y'all got this. Y'all can talk about whatever the fuck y'all want to talk about. Do whatever. You know, and that's the power that, you know, lately... Like last year, I was given an opportunity to have a radio show, but I was like, you know what, if I can't do it my way, I don't want to do it because I'm not about to play what y'all playing. I'm going right. to play my type of music, what I want to hear, that I know that I know the people want to hear. You know, that's when the opportunity came with the podcast thing. We yeah. can talk about that. I know you want to talk about yeah. that, too. So let's talk about your podcast. Okay. Well, we're doing this thing now. It's called, uh, we're two episodes in. It's called The Tom Hopkins Show. And I, 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 was, I was was... I was recommended to do that of one of the people who I know Mm -hmm. and just the influence that I have. And so far in, you know, I'm not going to say that it's it's, it's a traditional podcast. I know people put podcasts up weekly. Now I'm just, I want to be a little different, so I'm just doing mine monthly. And I'm just doing a half an hour. I'm getting in, getting out. And because of the people that I have lined up, for my podcast, it's kind of hard to get in contact. You know, their schedule flux, you know, fluctuates mm-hmm. and all that. So, like, my first guest was Carl Kanai. That's been my mentor for years. And I wanted to do him right before the Tupac movie came out mm-hmm. because his clothes is all through that. And, matter of fact, let's talk about this. Have you guys seen the Tupac movie? I haven't yet. No, I can't say I have People, wow. they, they ruined it for me. Well, I, didn't. I get that because that's how I feel about this upcoming Detroit movie. I, yeah. I just went and saw that Thursday. We could talk about that yeah. too. So, uh, two of my jackets made the movie because oh, okay. they contacted Starter for Starter jackets to put in the movie That's for dope. his wardrobe and all that. So that Grady Detroit Lions and the uh, Bulls jacket that y'all saw Dwayne Wade wear mm-hmm. and uh, Jimmy Butler that made the movie too. So that was just another notch with the Starter thing. But uh, I wanted to put that on there on the heels of the Tupac movie. And then my second guest so far has been DJ Envy. Like DJ Envy has been one of probably one of one of the guys who has helped me no matter what, and D, and DJ Envy is definitely a difficult guy to get in conversation <laughs> with and to I get bet. in touch with. And when he said I got 20 minutes, then I I'm dropping what I'm doing and I'm doing it, uh, skyping it. So one of the guys who is executive producer of it, uh, he's a Detroit radio legend. His name is Spud. Of course. Yeah. So so Spud is pro. I mean Spud is producing it and getting everything going and all that. And uh, he's been pushing me to do more shows. You know, Spud, man, time, man, we gotta do it week. We gotta do that, do that. And I say, I get what you're saying, but I want to do it a little different. You know, I mean, clearly uh, your ideas of what you want right. to do typically work right. out. So right, right. I, I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt. So we got people <laughs> like uh, Kareem Biggs. He's gonna be a guest on there. Uh, of course. Big. Yeah, yeah, and you know Biggs don't talk to nobody. I've only, I've only heard two interviews with, uh, with Kareem. Yeah, but then these are the relationships that I have with these guys, and they're like, Ty, listen, man, whatever you want to do, we're going to do it, and I just want to see you fucking win. Just do it. And so I'm not going to say the other three guests. I'm going to be more of a surprise. But I always tell people whenever I do shit, just think the unthinkable. 
And I say that because I came from the 12,000 block of Roseline on Grand River and Livernois, right off Oakman, and where a lot of opportunities wasn't given. They just wasn't there, you know. And I just want somebody that's from that area, but also from the east side, southwest side, north end, to see, like, damn, that guy did it. And he didn't suck a stroke. He didn't suck socks. He didn't jock hop. He didn't crew hop. He did that shit just off the grind. And my grind, my road has been longer than anybody's to do it. You know, I don't have a college education. I don't have degrees. I don't have none of that shit. But the one thing they tell me all the time, you have a degree in common sense. And one thing, and and that's one of probably the hardest degrees to get because a lot of people don't have common sense. And I have street smart. So I just did a post today on Instagram. It was like, listen, if you want to be successful, you got to have a mixture of both street and corporate around you. Mm -hmm. And you got to have that kind of knowledge, too, because the corporate is just as grimy as the fucking streets. And I've been in the streets a long time. Right. I've been in the streets a long time. And one of my mentors told me this yesterday. He was like, listen, you take what you learn from the streets. And this is a successful millionaire in business. And he said, just take what you learn from the streets and learn to do that shit corporate. You're going to be a beast because I'm not the best when it comes to computers, technology. You know, back in my era, we didn't fuck with no phones or nothing like that. We had beepers or, you know, we just didn't fuck with a lot of people when it came yeah. to this type of shit because this type of shit to get you hemmed up. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. now it's like you got to take a step back like, okay, well, damn, it is okay to use this. I can do that. So now I'm, I'm learning how to, you know, and I'm not ashamed to say the shit, you know, because I'm weak in this, but can't nobody fuck with me when it comes to this. So it's kind of like I need to learn how to balance the two. Or maybe that's God's way of showing me that I need to give somebody opportunity to do this for me so they can get on and they right, can get right. on a certain bridge too. Sometimes God builds bridges for you to cross over, but to bring people back over the bridge as well too. Mm-hmm. But sometimes those bridges are to dump people over them too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. So, you know, we're doing that once a month. The uh, next episode is coming soon. A uh, surprise guest, I'm not going to say. But okay. with me, you just think the unthinkable. That's and I, and I think that's why a lot of a lot of people fuck with me because when it comes to entertainers and celebrities, I don't look at them like that because I've been around motherfuckers like that my whole life. Mm-hmm. It's just like like last night, BBD was here. Me and Biv kicked it. And it was like we we it was like we grew up next door to each other. And that's the type of relationship that in business you have to have. Nobody want that person next to them all the time. Yo, this, that, this, that. And it's like it's like you're a groupie or things like yeah, that. It's yeah. just like, nah, man. We at an age now, man, where we got to conduct this business. Let's get this shit going. You know, and I got some people around me, man, that's, that's real-rounded. Like like the twins, AJ and SJ. They got the College of Hip Hop. Dope brothers, You, you man. know, man, let me tell you something. I've been knowing them guys, you know, for forever and I seen they hustle and they drive and they come from fucking Inkster. Yeah. Jewels come from inner cities. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The inner city has talent and stars. We just gotta make a way to be seen. You know, they gave me opportunity to fucking executive produce a movie, you know, about my dog. Not my boy, but my dog dog, Chewy, my real Yorkie Terrier. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's about right. So if you had got a chance, you can go to have you seen Chewy.com and check out the movie. We actually put a fucking movie together. You know, that that that's the type of shit that's crazy. You know, you don't get opportunities to do I that. Mean, so we we eternally grateful to SJ and AJ because 
you know, they, they reached out to us, did right. some advertisement. We had them in here. Right. And really based on that relationship that we've developed or still developing with them, right. they've opened up some doors for us that, you know, six months ago I didn't even think were possible. Right. Right. I mean, we had uh, Freeway Rick Ross. In the real Rick Ross. Set, yeah. You know what I mean? The real. Um, so uh, much love to the College of Hip Hop, SJ and AJ, man. Dope, dope, dope brothers. Oh, yeah. Man. Nah, man. And you, you know, and just like, you know, they and, – and I'll be honest, at times – and I don't want nobody to take this shit the wrong way. At times, because I do have a lot on my plate. I'm not the most reachable person ever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, AJ called me. He was like, yo, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to hook up with these young brothers, you know. Just give them a couple minutes of your time and all that, which is you guys. I was like, I got you. See, certain people, and, and, and it's just like in fucking life, man. It's who you know that's going to further you where you're going. It's about yeah. who you know, your connections and all that. Because, you know... I, and I, I'm not I swear to God I'm not saying this in a fucking arrogant way I'm not but I didn't turn down a lot because I know I couldn't go do this right away mm-hmm. because I got other shit I'm doing here and doing that shit there but then too that's just a test to see, that's just a test to show how good the twins are you know what I'm saying I do whatever for them because I know it could be 4 o'clock in the morning and if I'm calling AJ he gonna answer and he gonna be there and, and SJ not gonna be far behind mm-hmm. and those type of people man you gotta keep close in your circle absolutely definitely man. Yeah. Man, we, we we definitely just appreciate you, man, coming in and, and dropping a wealth of knowledge, right. um, a wealth of uh, history right. on us, and just representing the city well. Right. Um, because well, like when you win, like I feel like I'm winning right. by default, you know, just because you're representing right. um, and everything that you do, man. And I so, think I want people to see too. I just want, you know, don't 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 just think it's me. It's just that I've been blessed with the opportunity for you to see me. It's it's five. It's twenty. It's fifty thousand me's here in this city that care about Detroit just as much as I do. Mm-hmm. My goal is to help bring that bridge and bring attention to them because my window is only going to be open for so long. And I know that. So my mission is to get enough people going through there, whether you want to be a clothing designer and maybe one day I'll come back and we could talk about that because now people see what I'm doing and they think that they can just make one T-shirt and come out with a clothing collection. Right. And right. I, I, it's it, just a t-shirt fam it's just a t-shirt but but i never that's how i want to tell them but i, but I don't want to discourage them yeah. because my story came from just one t-shirt how i started with this stuff years ago and you know i'll come back and we we'll talk about that you know we'll get it going and you know i'm hooking up with aj and sj and you guys can be definitely a part of this too about how do we how do we become entrepreneurs the right way we so quick to say we are owner or CEO or boss for a business card. Just to give it to somebody. Oh, yeah, here go my card. Yeah, I, I, I own this. I'm a boss. I do this. But but we don't understand the reality and what it takes to really be a CEO or a boss or, or things a, like that. Run a business, or run a company. Give someone instructions so they can maneuver through your business without you. Exactly. I mean, it's, just a lot, it's a lot that goes into exactly it. because like if you want to do a t-shirt line why do you really want to do it why that's the question that i get asked all the time even to this day when i call my ideas they say well why i gotta sit back and two be like well nine times out of ten we want to do it because we want the attention for it but we don't understand the power that comes with that shit exactly so i i just want to teach people about the power most yeah. definitely yeah we look forward to it um, give out your social media. Where can we reach you at? Where can they contact uh, 
Well, right now at, at uh, Instagram, you can follow me at team, T-E-A-M underscore M-O-P-K-I-N-S. Uh, that's really the main thing. Or, you know, Twitter and Facebook, you know, it's Tom Hopkins and all that. And, you know, pretty much whatever. You can go on Instagram, hashtag Tom Hopkins, and a whole lot of shit will come up. YouTube, all that stuff. And, you know, just stay tuned to the uh, next episode of the Tom Hopkins Podcast, Tom Hopkins Show. Most definitely. We definitely appreciate you. Yeah. Dame Dame Gone Wild, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and more than anything, we just want to push everybody towards the Shop Talk podcast page because I got enough followers. I mean, not to say (laughs) I got enough, but, you know, the focus is on the brand. So Shop Talk podcast for everything. But one thing, I'm glad you said that because just because – just because you only got a certain amount of followers don't mean you have more followers than what you got. Oh, definitely. Because a lot of people are scared to press that follow button because they, they don't want to make it seem like, yeah. you know. But they watching. You know, yeah, yeah. I tell people all the time, you know, oh, man, this picture only got eight likes. Don't go by the likes. Go by the looks. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you have in the thousands of looks. Because that's, that's definitely true. With the business page, you can see how many people mm-hmm. actually reach that. Yeah. And then on my personal account, Forget how many likes it is. When you put an Instagram video up there, mm-hmm. and you see all those look Impressions, like. Impressions, yeah. Like, you ain't never liked or did nothing, but you, exactly. you watch every one of these exactly. things. So. They out there. Yeah, they That's why you got to keep there. going. Don't get discouraged. I tell people all the time, too, don't get discouraged by social media likes. Don't. It ain't real. It's not. <laughs> social media is not real. It's, it's a fantasy world. Yeah, it's a fantasy world, but it's also it also can help you bridge to what you're doing. It's a great marketing device. That's mm-hmm. all it's all it is, this is social media. It's a flyer. Mm-hmm. People choose to put their life up there. People choose to do that. But, you know, nothing against that because sometimes people need to do that to help better them. Because sometimes people need an outlet, you know, I, I think about I think about, you know, and, and this is going way off the subject. I think about depression and all that. Mm-hmm. And I think social media has helped people really fight depression because if you didn't have an outlet to let go of all the shit that was bothering you, what would you keep in Exactly. Yeah. It's a gift and a curse. Gift and a curse. Definitely. Definitely. All right, uh, Jay Johnson, 313, all social media. Uh, follow Shop Talk Podcast on Instagram. Um, go to the website, shoptalkpod.com. All the episodes, all the video and everything is there. Um, like we see every week, I'm not saying we're the Rockefeller Podcast, but we are Jay and Dame. Peace. Peace. Download, rate, review, and share the College of Hip Hop app. If you learn something from the app, suggest it to one of your friends who wants to be educated in the entertainment field. Screenshot your rating and review. Post it and tag at the College of Hip Hop or at T-C-O-H-H-A-P-P and enter for a chance to win an autographed copy of the book, 10 Steps to Profit from Your Passion.